The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. And so are you, and I appreciate that. 888-933-93. Welcome. Pat Gray Unleashed. Monday Night Football last night featured, of course, more kneeling, more locked arms. Uh, the Cowboys did something that I, what I thought was pretty cool. And if it ended right there, I really think that would be great. If... If this whole thing was over and they got to put the exclamation point on it by kneeling before the national anthem. So took care of that for all the players that wanted to do that. And then they stood and, and locked arms and stood for the for the national anthem, which is, you know, it's and they said everybody was on board with it. They wanted to find a way where everybody could uh, do their thing make their protest or uh, and show respect for the flag without pissing off 60% of the people watching them and making them angry and then losing customers. Pretty smart. Uh, I don't know who came up with the plan, but it seems like a pretty good way to go. Uh, it's just that it's not going to end there. <laughs> it would have been the, uh, it really would have been the perfect ending uh, to a, a really stupid event. Uh, if if that's as far as it would have gone. But, of course, that's not as far as it's going to go. So I'm sure we'll have to uh, put up with much more of this as time goes on. In fact, uh, the Dallas Cowboys have decided that next week they're going to stand for the anthem, kneel during the first quarter, okay, and then they're going to lay down and roll around in a pool of gravy at halftime. Um, so that'll be, I think that's I nothing's like that. more unifying than that. That's very unifying. And then <laughs> the Green Bay Packers now believe that locking arms was not enough of a unifying gesture. Okay. They're now going to lock lips <laughs> during the anthem. Wow. And some uh, will apparently, they, they vowed to use their tongue. You know, just in a show of unity, though. This is just to unify. And that's the Packers, right? Nothing sexual. It's the Green Bay Packers. Okay. They're just going to, they're showing unity. And then uh, during the kickoff (laughs) of their game, the Indianapolis Colts are all planning to vomit simultaneously. Sports psychologists, apparently, I just found this out today. Now, this is to show unity. Okay. Um, Some sports psychologists are saying synchronized barfing is the most unifying gesture you can do. And so hats off to the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Is that a new thought on that? No, it's been, been I mean, forever. Okay, unified barfing. I think Socrates... was the one to first come up with that theory that uh, if you all barfed at the same time in a synchronized way, it would really unify people together. Wow. Yeah, and if you've seen any of the Colts games this year, unified barfing is what the fans That's, have already been doing. Yes. <laughs> so, okay, all right. This thing is so stupid. What is the unity there? Look, I, I don't even understand it. I don't understand. I wish someone would explain. What are you, what are you unifying for? Weren't you unified before? Uh, you guys all had the same goal of getting to the Super Bowl, I assume. Uh, beyond that, what are you unified in? You're a football team. Are you unifying in politics? You all, you're all of the same mindset in politics? It's silly. Why do they insist on this kind of nonsense? But it just doesn't stop. It just keeps going on. Uh, Von Miller 
yesterday was pulled from one of his sponsor's ads. And I think that's great because Von Miller knelt during the uh, during the national anthem in their game uh, with the Bills. He was one of 32 members of the Broncos who took a knee to protest uh, racial injustice in the country. I mean, you're all making millions of dollars. What what injustice are we fighting for here? What? Uh, of course, the uh, the advertisers weren't excited about it. As a result of the actions, uh, Phil Long dealership asked CBS4 and other television stations to stop airing their ads featuring Von Miller. General manager of Phil Long Ford in Denver uh, told the TV station, their manager, Rick Salinger, that Miller has not been fired, but instead they're changing some advertising. Yeah, just admit it, you're firing him. You know, and I, the Von Miller thing is, he seems like a really nice guy. Yeah. Uh, he, he seems, you know, not to be somebody who is, um, who is whacked out of his mind on some of these, on some of these issues. But I will say that if you ever watch the NFL Network, the Von Miller chicken commercial, <laughs> yeah. oh, it plays about every three and a half minutes on that network. Tired of seeing it, huh? Oh, I'm, t- I'm so tired of this. I studied chickens in college. Chicken coop, man. Man, I love chickens, man. Chickens are dope. Okay, so he studied chickens in college, and sure. chickens are dope. Right. I wonder where he went to college. Okay. Sounds like a Nebraska major, mm-hmm. actually. Naming some of these chickens after my teammates. You got TJ over here with his chest out. Then he yeah, named I'm chickens after teammates. The old guy. That's Emmanuel over here with the skinny chicken legs. Which one's me? This guy right here? <laughs> this chicken bar right here. Just need a pair of glasses. <laughs> That's almost worse. I, I'm so sick of that ad. That's almost worse than him kneeling uh, for the for the national anthem. Oh, Texas A&M, by the way. I can't take it anymore. <sighs> one of the one of the best players in the NFL. It's it's unfortunate that he's he's doing this now too. Ben Roethlisberger said that he doesn't believe in the, in protesting the anthem. He said I was in, uh, unable to. They all didn't. The Steelers didn't come out during the national anthem because they wanted to avoid the controversy completely, except for one player. Uh, Alejandro Villanueva came out and put his hand over his heart. So that was great. Um, But Ben Roethlisberger, the quarterback of the Steelers, said, I was unable to sleep last night, and I want to share my thoughts and feelings on our team's decision to remain in the tunnel for the national anthem yesterday. The idea was to be unified as a team when so much attention is being paid to other things dividing our country. But I wish we approached it differently. We didn't want to appear divided on the sideline with some standing and some kneeling or sitting. He said, as a team, it was not a protest of the flag or the anthem. I personally don't believe the anthem is ever the time to make any type of protest. Good for you, Ben. I like that, too. That's I feel that way. Uh, for me and many others on my team and around the league, it's a tribute to those who commit to serve and protect our country, current and past, especially the ones that made the ultimate sacrifice. So a, re- a really nice statement from Ben Roethlisberger, who'll probably get crap from people for, for saying it. Because uh, he's white, and how dare he speak his mind? Everybody else can speak theirs, but uh, but if you're white, just keep your mouth shut. Okay, you don't know anything. Also, uh, Howie Long lectured his audience 
about this situation on Sunday. What keeps getting lost in the criticisms of the form of the protest is the mm -hmm. message of inequality. Oh. Put in perspective, as a white father having raised three boys, there were a million things to worry about on a daily basis. But it's impossible for me to truly understand the challenges that an African-American father faces at every turn while raising his children. Okay, yes, probably. But what does that have to do with the national anthem? What does that have to do with the football game? It has nothing to do with it. But in a league that is comprised uh. of 70% African-American players, if you're a white player in an NFL locker room, that puts you in a unique position to try to better understand those struggles mm. and subsequently, as we've seen, show your support for your teammates in your own way. Understanding starts with a dialogue, and the most important part of dialogue is to listen. <laughs> okay, thank you for that lecture. <laughs> Jeez. If there's awesome. anybody we need to be lectured by, it's a former pro football player who now is a Fox commentator on football. Uh, that's exactly what we need. Thank you for your wisdom, Howie. <laughs> I think we've all grown a little bit just to have had that uh, awesome. from you. Meanwhile, the Patriots uh, at their game, not only was there kneeling and, and the locking of arms, but they also ran out of water on a really hot day and started selling tap water for $4.50 a piece. Four fifty for awesome. tap water. They ran out of the bottles, and so people were like, "Well, I, I just want some water." Okay, well, I'll pour it right out of the tap into this <laughs> cup, and you could pay four dollars and fifty cents for it. Oh, thank you, uh, thank you very much. It's a Patriots game, right? Can I have a nineteen ninety five uh, hot dog as well? Maybe twenty seven fifty for your hamburger, uh, and then the four fifty water. Yes, from the tap, that'd be great. Mm. Uh. And then we've got people like Joy Reid from MSNBC tweeting out uh, unbelievable wisdom. She noted in a tweet uh, the other day that it's odd that kneeling in church is considered the highest reverence, yet kneeling in protest is taken as hostility. <laughs> really? <laughs> Stop. What are they praying to the American flag? Is that what they're doing? Stop. So ridiculous. I mean, they're, they're obviously doing something to disrespect, to protest the anthem when they kneel because the tradition is that you stand and you salute. It's just, it's, it's pathetic that, I, I don't, and I don't know if she's really that stupid or if she's just pretending. And then this spreads to uh, the Chicago Police Department. Two uniformed police officers in Chicago took a knee with some activist supporting Colin Kaepernick. And now they're facing discipline for doing it. They, uh, they took, they took a, this photo. This woman came into the precinct. And she found these two uh, black officers. And she said, hey, uh, are you guys against racism? <laughs> they said, well, yes. Are you against police brutality? Uh, yeah. Well, do you support Colin Kaepernick's protest? And I guess they agreed to that, and then they all, all three knelt, took a photo, and now they're in trouble. It's just, it's, it's pathetic. And the one guy in this situation who looks the best uh, from any of these football teams, from the leadership of the football teams to the players, is, I think, Alejandro Villanueva. I guess he might have upset some of his teammates because he came out of the tunnel when the rest of the team stayed back for the national anthem and he put his hand over his heart because he's a veteran and he had some veterans saying 
hey, Alejandro, you, you, you got to help us here. You got, you got to stand and salute the flag for us, please. And so he did. Uh, but apparently there was some upset players and maybe the coach as well because they wanted 100% unity. And with him out there, they didn't have that. So he stood up at a press conference and said this. I would say that my, my personal thoughts about the situation is that uh, regardless of, of this plan, very few players knew that I was going to the tunnel because I only asked the team leadership. And so because of that, I didn't give them an opportunity to stand with me uh, during the national anthem. Um, that, that is the very embarrassing part uh, on my end and, and what transpires because when everybody sees an image of me standing by myself, everybody thinks that the, the, the team and the Steelers are not behind me, and that's absolutely wrong. Uh, it's quite the opposite. Is they all would have actually the entire team would have been out there with me, even the ones that wanted to take a knee, would have been there with me had they known these extreme circumstances. That at Soldier Field, you know, at, at, the, at, the, at the heat of the moment when I got soldiers, wounded veterans texting me that, you know, that 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 that, that I have to be out there, then um, I think uh, I think everything would have been put aside uh, from every single one of my teammates, no doubt. So because of that, um, I've made uh, Coach Tomlin uh, look bad, and, and that is my fault, and that is my fault only. I've made my teammates look bad, and that is my fault, and my fault only. And I made the Steelers uh, also look bad, and that is my fault, and my fault only. So unwillingly, I have, I've made a mistake. Wow. Um, and so, um, you know, I've, I've, I've talked to my teammates about the situation. Hopefully they understand it. If they don't, I still have to live with it because uh, the nature of this debate is, uh, is, is, is causing a lot of, of uh, very heated uh, reactions from, from fans, from players, and, and it's undeserving to all the players and coaches from this organization. There's a stand-up guy taking full responsibility for his actions, saying, yeah, I screwed up, and it's, it's my fault and my fault only. It's all on me. Nobody does that anymore. Very few people do that anymore, uh, which this guy's a, a war hero, so obviously he's, he's used to standing up when it's time to. Uh, he won a bronze star in the service of his country, saving uh, some of his fellow men in the platoon. So that's uh, that's amazing. And there's there's somebody your kids can emulate. Uh, Villanueva from the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. You know, providing a solid foundation for the survival of your family. It's more important today than it's ever been. Our great nation was founded on old fashioned values, like caring for your own during tough times, and. When you're prepared for any emergency, that just that eliminates fear. You don't have to be afraid anymore because you're ready if something happens. And look at all the things that are happening right now. There are so many examples of why we need to be prepared. You know, a lot, I think a lot of people thought, well, Donald Trump is in, is in the presidency. Now we're fine. But now you're seeing that there's all kinds of things, natural disasters that can go wrong. So with everything going on, Take steps today to ensure your family's self-reliance and safety. You can't depend on the government to be there for you every time. That's why you need to have a plan. And, and at My Patriot Supply, they're the best. They're the most trusted emergency food storage provider. I've trusted, trusted them for my, for my supply and my family's plan. And you can too. Right now, you can get their 102-serving survival food kit this week for less than a dollar per serving. So give them a call today and just check this off your list and get prepared. 800-411-5293 or order online at preparewithpat.com. Now, they'll walk you through the process. Uh, they'll talk to you about your goals and what you want to do and make recommendations for you. And you can get prepared for three days or an entire year or more if you want to. 
Food includes breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and it lasts in storage for 25 years in really handy sealed containers. And then you're ready when crisis strikes. 888-411-5293 or preparewithpat.com. This is Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome. 888-900-3393. We just saw some amazing satellite photos of Puerto Rico before and after the hurricane. One was, they were both taken at night uh, over the same area. And the devastation of, I mean, there's no electricity in so much of the island. It's unbelievable. So we'll tweet that out at Pat Unleashed uh, here. Uh, I think we already have, right? So it should be out there. Momentarily. Out in the internet, out in the ether, eventually. Uh, 888-900-3393. This is going to surprise you because we talked quite a bit about the commercial, the ad on websites all over the place where they claim that Joanna Gaines is leaving Fixer Upper because she has started her own facial cream company and and, uh, it's highly successful. Yeah. And she didn't even tell Chip at first. That's Chip crazy. Chip didn't even know. And so it created some controversy and some tension in their marriage. But then Chip is such a great guy. Mm-hmm. He went along with it and he decided he's leaving too. Wow. And they're both going to just sell facial cream. He's going to be the director of her company and she's she's <laughs> the CEO, I guess. That's I don't cool. know. Uh, so anyway, with that in mind... Now this announcement from Chip and Joanna Gaines. Hi everybody, Chip and Joanna Gaines here in Waco, Texas. Of course at the farm where it all started. Um, I remember it like it was yesterday. Five years ago, roughly, uh, we were contacted by a production company who wanted to do a show about us here in our beautiful hometown of Waco, Texas. And uh, one thing led to another. And of course a pilot was born called uh, Fixer Upper. And this journey has been indescribable the opportunity of a lifetime our family has grown up before our eyes on national television which is an experience that i can tell you is 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 beautiful i mean it's wonderful uh for so many reasons but uh nevertheless um we are making an announcement today that the that that what? Yeah. Uh-oh. What? what are they making the announcement uh-huh. of? That they're going to sell facial cream? Yes. Make it official. Fifth season, which will begin in November and take us all season. the way into uh, second quarter 2018. Okay. Will be our last. Wow. So I think this is one of those. Wow. It's such a bittersweet wow. uh, time for mm. us because the last five years, I mean, this has been our life. The show, the crew here. Mm-hmm. Um, they become like family, yes, you know? These homes that we've, you know, gotten to renovate for these beautiful families. It's just become mm. such a uh, big mm. part of our lives. But Y'all facial cream have is become calling. a big part of our lives. <laughs> You've invited us into your living room. The support that we felt um, still just kind of, I mean, I think we're just honored. We, we can't believe that we get to be a part of all this. Um, but I think for us in this, you know, we always want to be mindful of what what's the season for us. And I think for a while now, we felt like season five 
was going to be our final for this chapter. Um, you know, we started out as as business owners, our beautiful business here in Waco. You know, it needs our attention. We need to. Um, pour into that as much as we can. We were a family, you know, our, our beautiful children are growing up so quickly. Drake is almost a teenager. So I think the idea that we get to kind of step back and um, just get kind of fresh vision, um, mm -hmm. get some rest, but also just hunker Selfish down with our kiddos. Um, oh. Something that we're excited about, but also sad that, you know, this chapter in our lives is coming to an end. But we're not going anywhere. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you can find us here in Waco, Texas. Of course, you can always come visit us at the silos. Mm -hmm. uh, you never know, you might see us at a local Little League game in town with the kids. But we want to take this time to really say thank you from the bottom of our hearts for letting our family become a part of your family. And the uh, experience has been um, like nothing we could have ever predicted, never would have imagined in a million years that God would have had this kind of a journey uh, for Joe and I and our family and our beautiful business here in Waco. So thank you. We can't wait to see what's next. Um, we believe in our hearts that we're going to see you again right around the corner. So mm. stay tuned. Fixer Upper the movie, perhaps? <laughs> oh, <laughs> wouldn't that be riveting? A motion picture, maybe even an IMAX of them remodeling a house. Wouldn't that be just riveting? You know, I'll bet it's gotten to the point where they don't get to spend any time at home with their kids. I mean, if they want to be with their kids, they got to bring them to work with them. And they're probably, you know, obviously they're in school and they've got uh, sport activities and all of that. That'd be really hard because they're doing the show. They, they're they doing her business on the side, the Magnolia thing. Uh, they've got a bed and breakfast. I mean, they've just exploded in the last five years, and it's got to be, it's got to be really fatiguing and time-consuming to do the television show too. So, okay, but why are you avoiding the elephant in the room? Just like they did in the video, <clears throat> nowhere did they mention the facial real cream. reason. No, they didn't. They did not mention the facial cream. Uh, and I, I don't know why they want to keep that to themselves. Right, that seems like something you'd want to promote. Yeah, right? yeah. Huh. Uh, so interesting. I mean, after all this facial cream talk, after all the times we've <laughs> defended them, they really are leaving their show. <laughs> so funny. That's got to be tough for HGTV, too, because they're by far the biggest stars on, on the network. What are they going to replace it with? I mean, they got a million different uh, flip shows where the house flipping shows. They started with that couple in uh, Southern California, Los Angeles, and they got divorced. So they brought in a couple from Nevada that the in who's and the women looked very similar from the ones in Nevada to the of the one in uh, Los Angeles. So they then they brought in Las Vegas and then they brought in Atlanta. And so they got a, three of those going on at the same time. But the fixer and I think they have another fixer upper type show too. So I you know, I don't know. Uh they can't think of anything new, so they just spin off the the shows that are successful, it's probably Fixer Upper Pocatello edition. Oh. Fixer Upper Two Dot Montana. I, I don't know. I don't know. Two how that Dot works. Montana reference. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's a great, it's a thriving metropolis. And the homes that get fixed up in Two Dot are beautiful. Wow. You have to see it to believe it. <laughs> I guess so. I'm I'm planning to one day. I mean, seriously, breathtaking. You'll you'll be blown away. So it is true. Uh Chip and Joanna leaving the show. Kind of, kind of amazing. Uh, also, we have this.
kind of depressing poll. Uh, a sizable portion of the American public doesn't doesn't know the three branches of, of government that we have. Uh, only one-fourth of Americans polled can name all three branches of government. <laughs> 37% of Americans couldn't name a single right protected by the First Amendment. Not even freedom of speech, freedom of religion. None of it. 37% can't even say, I don't know, speech? Makes me sad, Pat. It's pathetic. And, and it's dangerous. If you, don't, if you don't know anything about the Constitution, you can't protect it. And it, it'll, you know, we'll lose it. 53% of respondents mm. believe the falsehood that illegal immigrants aren't granted any constitutional rights. Yeah, I'm not... It's... Uh, uh, 37% couldn't name a single right in the First Amendment. 48% of those surveyed were able to identify freedom of speech as being a right in the First... Although far fewer could identify any other rights. Um, protecting the rights guaranteed by the Constitution presupposes that we know what they are. The fact that many don't is worrisome, according to Kathleen Hall, Jameson director of the Annenberg Public Policy Center. Uh, and then 26% could name all three three branches, which would be, let's see, the executive, the legislative, and the judicial. Couldn't do it. Could not do it. That's just amazing. Uh, I don't know. The musical branch? Is there a musical branch? I think there's a construction branch. Oh, yeah. The government, because I, I always see that my taxpayer money is, is going to the construction project. Maybe that's what it is. 888 It's Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Triple A, 900-3393. It is Pat Gray. Uh, there's a group called Veterans for Kaepernick. Uh, and they, they're they a fun little group. Uh, as the discourse is continuing on this Kaepernick decision to take a knee last year, and he's not even in the league, so he's not even part of it anymore. But uh, fortunately, some others in the NFL have picked up where he left off, and... Now, uh, there's a guy who graduated from, from West Point. He's a U.S. infantry officer. His name is Spencer Rapone. And uh, he posts under the name at punk proletarian. So you know his posts are going to be good. Oh, boy. He's a member of the Democratic Socialists of America. And under the hashtag veterans for Kaepernick, he tweeted an image of himself raising a clenched fist of solidarity uh, and supporting the resistance in the message. He said uh, he typed a or he uh, he taped a message that said communism will win inside his cap of his West Point uniform. And was this veteran John Kerry? No. Okay. Actually, it was Spencer Rapone. Okay. 
also visible in the photograph is his combat infantry badge, meaning he's fought in active ground combat. And uh, apparently he's a communist. So that's, that's great that we've got uh, communists in, in the military. Uh, that's, that's really wonderful. And it's, it's great that they're supporting this effort of Colin Kaepernick. And I imagine the Kaepernick's got some Marxist tendencies as well. And so he probably loves this. So people tweeted out to this, uh, this officer, wait, uh, did you mean to have communism will win taped inside your, <laughs> your uniform cap? And he said, yeah, just so there's no doubt about where I stand. He had his uniform on, but he unbuttoned the jacket to reveal a Che Guevara t-shirt underneath. He said, in case there was any lingering doubt, hasta la victoria sempre. Which is a popular slogan attributed to Che Guevara, uh, who was ultimately captured and killed by the CIA and uh, the Bolivian government. And the guy uh, was responsible for the deaths of thousands of people, including minorities and homosexuals. He hated homosexuals. Some of them he killed with his own hand. Uh, But the guy is glorified by people like this. I mean, this is just what we're up against. We're up against such amazing stupidity. It's it's kind of hard to believe. Speaking of which, the director of the movie Mother, remember that we talked about Mother with Jennifer Lawrence? Uh-huh. She believed that her character was Mother Earth, I guess. It was some sort of metaphor for the Earth. And it was just a heinous movie. I mean... At some point, they tear apart and eat a baby in this movie at the end. <laughs> it's, just, it's just sick and yeah. demented and bizarre. And even Rex Reed talked about what an awful... He, he called it the worst movie of the century. He said, you know, doing, calling it the worst of the year is a compliment. It's, it's absolutely the worst movie of the century. And if you remember correctly, here's what, <laughs> here's what Jennifer Lawrence said about the movie. And did you feel, in a sense, diminished by her? Or did you need to be diminished, in a sense, to feel... I think I needed to be diminished to make our point. Um, So whenever I'd have moments of, of like, well, wait a minute, I'd have to remind myself... Oh, you're being diminished. We're we're not just doing it. We're making a statement about this. So it's important. Sure. And what do you feel, what was the (laughs) statement you felt it made about women? Um, Well, Um, I think I'm playing... You know, the assault that happens to my character, it's not really happening to me. It's not happening it's not to, happening to this woman. It's what right. I represent. It's what you represent. I'm representing the Earth. 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 So to me, when we were doing this one <laughs> particular scene with a lot of violence, Earth. that yeah. was portraying the abuse that we um, have afflicted onto our own planet. Wow, that is deep. That is <sighs> deep. So all the horrific, horrific things that happened to this poor woman in the movie... That's not happening to her or any woman. That's happening to the earth. That's how deep this movie is. And then she explained a little bit more about the hurricanes and things. So Um, It's also scary to know it's been proven through science that human activity, that climate change is due to human activity. Been proven through science. Ignore it. And the only voice that we really have is through voting. Uh-huh. Um, so and you have voted. And you have voted. And, voted. Right. and it was right. Right. really startling. 
startling. <laughs> um, you know, you're watching these hurricanes now, and it's really, it's hard, especially while promoting this it's movie, hard, not yeah, to, yeah, not to feel Mother Nature's wrath, rage, rage, wrath, rage, raging wrath, <laughs> the raging wrath of Mother Earth, who rages and wrathifies. Uh, it's it's really scary. So Darren Aronofsky, the director of this movie, and I I guess the boyfriend of Jennifer Lawrence, um, he's responding to the low turnout for this movie. Like nobody went to it. <laughs> it's like uh, 15 people, I think, across the country have seen this thing. No, no. And it got an F cinema score. It was 18 people, by the way. It was not, 18. Okay. Not 15. Come on. I didn't mean to exaggerate. Okay. But it got an F cinema score, which is... Uh, which almost never happens to a major motion picture like this, but an absolute F. So he said, uh, here's what he's doing is blaming Americans uh, uh, science denying for the flop of his movie. He said, you have other people who basically believe in the power of a, of an iPhone that they can communicate to 35 million people in a blink of an eye. Yet they don't believe in science in other ways. <laughs> what? <laughs> It has as many people believe in it as believe in gravity. And it scares me. I guess he's talking about climate change. That That's not true. Uh, as many people don't believe in climate change as gravity. That's just a ludicrous statement. And it scares me, and it's time to start screaming. So I wanted to howl, and this was my howl. <laughs> and some people are not going to want to listen to it. That's cool. Uh the movie noted that the Jennifer Lawrence movie has uh, earned the dubious honor of being only... Okay, so this is how rare it is. One of 19 movies in history to receive an F cinema score. 19 movies in history. Jeez. So that tells you a little something. Wow. Uh, so it's our fault, though, because we don't believe in climate change. Now, how many people even... How many people even got his metaphor that Jennifer Lawrence wasn't playing a woman, she was playing Mother Earth, and the guy who was her psycho husband wasn't her psycho husband, it was humanity doing terrible things to the Earth. I mean, I, I would hazard a guess that not even a lot of people knew that, probably didn't even get that. <laughs> If only, I, I love the last line of this uh, story. If only Americans would stop rejecting science and learn to love a movie that features a mob eating a baby. <laughs> wow. This is just uh, the weirdest. I, we I, are I, at the weirdest society. I looked up the 19 movies that have earned a cinematic score of an F. I don't recognize any of, uh, them? Any of them. I mean, I guess that's it's pretty rare. To be expected, but. There's uh, not a single one that you've heard of? Uh, let's see. Killing Them Softly? Is that right? I don't know. Lost Souls, Lucky Numbers. There's Mother, of course. Silent House, Solaris? That sounds familiar. No, I don't know any of these. Wicker Man, Wolf Creek, The Box, Alone in the Dark, Bug, Darkness, Devil Inside, Disaster Movie. That sounds good. Dr. T and the Women, Eye of the Beholder, Fear.com, I Know Who Killed Me, In the Cut, and there we go. Sorry I missed I Know Who Killed Me. That sounded like a... A winner, right? Yeah. Hmm. Um, also, Rental. something maybe even a little more disturbing. Amazon is releasing a movie or a series that is going to debut the first ever, and I know you've been waiting for this. This is going to make you really excited. The first ever full frontal trans nudity. Isn't that wonderful? Finally, we're breaking down that barrier. 
I know you've wanted to see a transgendered person fully nude, uh, and now it's finally going to happen. Transgender actress Alex Alexandra Billings, alongside co-star Trace Lissette, talks about why she decided she wanted to bear all in the milestone scene from the Amazon series. Before season four of Transparent, how have I missed the first three seasons of this groundbreaking production? Anyway, transgendered actress uh, Ms. Billings, who plays uh, Davina on the series, if you know who that is, walked into the writer's room and said, look, I, I want to be naked. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> so, it's a nice breaker right there. Yeah, yeah. And so the show's writers uh, all got together and talked about, you know, the life experiences with her and, and uh, her being a transgendered woman. And, and they decided, yeah, okay, we want to incorporate this. And we want to show a very transgendered experience. So we're going to write that into a storyline. And she says, and I asked for it specifically. It was Alexandra's idea. She was like, I'm ready to show my body. So in the second episode of this upcoming season called Groin Anomaly. (laughs) I'm sorry, what was that? That might have been on that list I just read of the 19 (laughs) F movies of all time. It's uh, it's called groin anomaly. So look for that by name. <laughs> okay. She's laying naked, face down on her bed, getting massaged by her boyfriend, who I don't know if he knows because I've never seen the show. Have you? You're probably a big fan. Oh, yeah. you know who's I'll bet a big fan is Jeffy. Jeffy. Will <laughs> <laughs> say it with me now. Jeffy. <laughs> we'll ask him when he comes in in about an hour. Okay. Uh, about about this particular scene and whether or not. Her boyfriend knows that she's trans. Wait, 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 wait! You keep saying that word, boyfriend. Yeah, it's... I, I think you have to say like, friend, friend. I don't think you can assign boy to that anymore. It probably is insensitive. Okay, but he tweaks her back, and she rolls over, exposing her breasts. And for the first time, for a transgender actress on television, uh, her man unit. Oh, oh. <laughs> this hurts, man. Is that? I mean, if that's not. Absolutely beautiful. If that's not art, I don't know what is. Don't come to me and say, hey, that's disgusting, because who are you to say? Who are you? Hold on. You said don't come to you and don't say that? Don't come to me and say that. Noted. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's ever been done before, said Billings, where you see someone who's a, who's got a trans body that was pre-op, especially of a certain age who looks a certain way. I wanted to show everything, but I said I don't want to be objectified. Ah, uh, well, come on now. <laughs> You're not going to have that of problem course, with me, I'll tell you that. Of course we're not going to objectify you with your man unit there hanging out for everybody to see. Why would we objectify you? Right, why? <laughs> I don't want to be sexualized, and I don't want to be fetishized. I thought Jill's way of showing it was brilliant. Hmm. Oh, man. Oh, good golly. So, That's, uh, oh, okay. to her, she says it's much more than about nudity it's another step in a career spent working to normalize and expand opportunity for transgendered actors well i'll tell you something they've done a pretty decent job of that in the last couple of years normalizing and causing acceptance right this has gone way faster than the gay marriage thing went before long i i mean we we've already pretty well accepted it i mean look at uh Look at Caitlyn Jenner. We've already accepted it. Everybody calls her her. Use the uses the right pronoun. And I don't even know is 
is Caitlyn Jenner post-surgery or not? I don't even know if Caitlyn Jenner had the surgery to become a woman. But we're all referring to her in that way. I think, I think it's done. You think so? I think it's... I, think. I mean, I know she's on hormones. I know mm. that part. The, you know, the grew the breastages, the snoobage. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if the, if the snipping has been done, but maybe... So, I mean, they're doing a heck of a job normalizing all of this. And now Amazon is pushing that barrier a little bit further. 888 900 It's Pat Gray Unleashed. we got more coming up in a second. But i got to tell you about Cosmo Hertz Kids. It's, uh, I, this is a cause I believe in. Uh, the founder of this movement is Victoria Hearst. She's from the Hearst family. It, it is the Hearst Corporation that publishes cosmopolitan magazine known as cosmo but she believes that cosmo contains pornography which is of course harmful to children so the cosmo hurts kids campaign isn't trying to get cosmo to change what's inside the magazine they're not they're not trying to drum them out of business this isn't isn't a boycott they just want the state's material harmful to minor laws applied to cosmopolitan magazine then it can't be sold to anybody under 18 i mean that's just that's just common sense. That is not too much to ask. So if you'd like to learn more about the Cosmo Hurts Kids campaign, go to CosmoHurtsKids.com. Victoria believes we all need to take a stand against pornography being sold to anybody under 18. Visit CosmoHurtsKids.com. That's CosmoHurtsKids.com. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. 888 Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, Darren Aronofsky, a little disgusted with us science deniers. We deny science that we didn't go see his wonderful movie, Mother, which is one of the nastiest, most vile movies, it sounds like, at least I haven't seen it, but the descriptions of it are just unbelievable. Uh, and here's Bill Nye, who last week, late last week, explained what's going on with this is just to help you become uh, better acquainted with science and exactly what's happening to the earth. As the ocean gets warmer, it's doing mm-hmm. two things. It's two fueling things. these hur- fueling is a term of art. Uh, it's enabling the hurricanes to be stronger. Mm-hmm. And it's also making the ocean get bigger. Oh. And this gets into this expression, sea level rise. Does it? And when the ocean is bigger, it comes ashore higher. So when it hits Houston, mm-hmm. it's already higher. Yeah, it was And then when there's surge. a storm surge caused by mm-hmm. the, uh, the the thinning uh, of the atmosphere, so there's lower pressure over the ocean. The ocean right. pulls up, and then the wind blows that ashore. The fetch. The fetch blows that ashore. It's just it's a big. It's just yeah. a and big it thing. It's rain a... for days. Stop. Yeah. So for the water's days. coming this way mm. and this way. So mm. we could run in circles screaming, well, but that is not proven very effective. And yet that's all he does all is run do. in circles screaming and trying to fear monger. 
So the ocean is bigger. It's bigger. And so it comes in and it does a thing and it's higher. It's higher. And it it washes in. And so the water is coming this way and this way. And then the low pressure. And then the low pressure happens. of the atmosphere. And then the thing goes around there and it's big. But it's the thinning of the atmosphere. Don't just blow right over that. Shut up. What a stupid explanation. (laughs) First of all, to my knowledge, there wasn't a huge storm surge in Houston. I don't think the storm surge was the issue. In fact, the first day of the hurricane, they they were high and dry. It was Saturday, Sunday. It was really Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday that were the the bad parts. And the, there was no storm surge then. It was just tropical storming rain uh, that came down on Houston. It was just rain. Now, is the CO2 causing rain? <sighs> Probably. Don't give them that in. Oh, man. Oh. Just ridiculous. Oh, by the way, I did check with Jeffy. He's seen the transgender. He can speak to the transgender nudity show. Has he actually seen? Apparently, yeah. The Amazon show? I swung by there and I just said, be ready to. Oh, I'll, I'll be able to talk about that. So <laughs> we're going to be treated in about a half an hour from now. Yay. You don't want to miss that. <laughs> you don't want to miss that. Uh, I didn't want to miss Megan Kelly's debut of her new show yesterday either. And I guess it was just full of hugs. Uh-huh. Just a lot of hugs, and she's apparently tired of she's she's sick and tired of uh, politics, and now she doesn't want to talk about politics anymore. So that's that's kind of nice. Uh, I don't necessarily want to anymore either, but I I kind of have to, and I guess she doesn't <laughs> on this new thing. So uh, I guess she had all kinds of um, helpers on her first show, and and everybody who came out on the show. She hugged, including Al Roker, who, of course, you pooped in your pants. I, I pooped my pants. Pooped his pants, and uh, she didn't. I don't think she asked Al Roker about this. You pooped in your pants. I, I pooped my pants. I I pooped my pants. Wow, that's. that's I wish she would have. That would have been now. See, that would have been a great first day. Right. So don't hug him too hard, Al. <laughs> I don't want to hug. I don't want to hug you too hard because I understand that in the past, in fact, at the White House, you. You pooped in your pants. I, I pooped my pants. Right. You pooped your pants. And uh, we don't want that to happen here. <laughs> so <laughs> let me know if I hug too hard and you're going to... Uh, you pooped in your pants. I, I pooped my pants. Poop in your pants because we don't want that. Again, we don't want that to we happen. We don't want that to happen. Can you imagine, though, he was back in that corner during that interview where, like, she says that. What is he going to say? Like, no, that's not what I meant. I mean, that's just like you were just in a box there and you had to... Yeah, you kind of are. Yeah, I pooped. Yes, I yeah. guess. I can't, yes. Well, you don't talk about it in the first place. You don't <laughs> right. let anybody know. know. Nobody ever had to know right. that Al Roker... You pooped in your pants. I, I pooped my pants. <laughs> the story is, if you missed it, he went to the White House. It was after, shortly after his surgery and he ate too much. <laughs> and, well... You pooped in your pants. I, I pooped my pants. He pooped his pants. At the and White so, House. And so he... <laughs> I don't know why he was at the White House. He was seeing. Well, I know what he was doing at the White House. Unfortunately, well, he was. You know, pooped in your pants. I, I pooped my pants. He pooped his pants. Bad there. day, right there. And man. then so he ran to a bathroom and he just took him off and threw him away. And that could have been the end of it. Nobody would have ever known. Nobody. And yet, for whatever known. reason, he felt it necessary to share that with the world. Sick, <laughs> sick. So we promised to look into the uh, tax rate and the tax proposal. From the Republican uh, leadership and this new tax bill 
Do we do we have the details yeah, on it? They've said that uh, it's going to be released tomorrow now, unfortunately. So they still haven't given any of yeah, the details. Yeah, they keep backing it up because of everything else that's going on. So um, yeah. I think tomorrow is the big release. Okay, but it looks like the top tax rate's only going from 39 to 35. Which, which, which is what it was under Bush. Yeah, but still. I mean, that's still way too much. Yep. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let's go to Luella in Utah. Hi, Luella. You're on the Blaze. Hi. Hi. Um, just wanted to call and say thank you for um, honoring the band of Mr. Villanueva. Sure. And yeah. also, I uh, heard Glenn Beck speak about him and told a story of his uh, service and yeah. uh, and the courage and the Medal of, of Valor, et cetera. And I just was so impressed and grateful and appreciative of people that are as awesome as he is. And uh, it's encouraging and makes you feel hopeful for the the future that there are people like that. Yeah, it does, doesn't They're it? They're not all negative. Yeah, yeah, it's it's nice to have somebody that, that our kids could look up to and say, wow, yeah, there's a guy we can emulate. There's a stand-up man. There's an American hero. Yeah. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, Luella. Uh, and he did. He won a bronze star in uh, in Afghanistan, uh, saving men in his platoon. So, um, an incredible guy. Hero. And, you know how many how many war heroes play in the NFL? Not that many since Pat Tillman. Eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It's Pat Gray unleashed. Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Great to have you with us. 888-900-3393. The uh, North Dakota situation, or North North Dakota... (laughs) The North Korean situation continues uh, to <laughs> kind of boil on the back burner. Oh, boy. Um, and I, th- I thought you were going to say they had nukes up in, up in, up uh, in North Bismarck Dakota. Bismarck or something. Yeah. And they're poised to uh, fire on the south, on South Dakota. You knew uh, that was so going to happen eventually. It I had mean. to. It had to. The tension has been high for <laughs> right. far too long. Okay. The North Koreans are actually claiming that we've declared war on them, which, of course, is ridiculous and absurd but their foreign minister accused uh trump of declaring war saying that gives them the right to now shoot down u.s strategic bombers of course if that happens we're gonna have to respond to that and then and then it's on uh so hopefully they won't actually follow through with this but uh sarah huckabee sanders was asked about it at the white house uh, press conference yesterday the white house viewed president trump's comments at the u.n as a declaration of war not at all we've not declared war on north korea uh, and frankly the suggestion of that is absurd what is the yeah. white house's reaction to north korea's threat 
to shoot down U.S. aircraft, even if it's not in their airspace? Uh, it's never appropriate for a country to shoot down another country's aircraft when it's over international waters. Our goal is still the start? same. We continue to seek the peaceful denuclearization <laughs> of the Korean Peninsula. That's our focus. Doing that through both the most maximum economic and diplomatic pressures as possible. Kind of a stupid question. What, what do you think of their threat to shoot down American planes that aren't in their airspace? Uh, we think that's okay. I mean, yeah. I, it wouldn't be that bad a thing, right? Uh, what do you think of their threat to uh, set the United States in a sea of fire? What, what do you think of that? Yeah, that's fine if that's what they want to do. <laughs> Who are we to judge, right? <laughs> kind of stupid questions. Unbelievable. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. So what? I don't know what you do when when they're making all of these claims and. They border on insanity, if not cross the border of insanity. And Fox News uh, did a, a really killer interview with the Warm Beers. You might remember Otto Warm Beer, who was, I think, 19 when he went to North Korea. And he actually took a propaganda poster off of a wall. And for that heinous crime that he wanted a souvenir to bring home with him, somebody asked him to bring it home with him. And so he tried to do it. They caught him and they sentenced him to 15 years of hard labor over a poster. Well, he came back to us in a coma a year and a half later, and then he died shortly after he made it back uh, to his parents in the United States. Never, never regained consciousness. So Fox News interviewing the warm beers and uh, kind of reminding you of the story. 21-year-old American Otto Warmbier, a student at the University of Virginia, put on display for the media by the North Korean government. I have made the worst mistake of my life. Mm. Bless his heart, Otto was sentenced to 15 years of hard labor for apparently trying to take a propaganda poster from a hotel. That's not the image that I have of my son in my heart. We were told early on by the past administration that we were urged to keep quiet, and we accepted that. Can you imagine that? Can you? These people have handled this situation so much better than I would have. Yep. Barack Obama told them to keep quiet. Now, that's your first mistake, the opposite of whatever that man says do. But, I mean, I cannot blame these parents for anything. I'm just saying if I were in that position, my gut would say, no, hell no. There's no way I would have kept quiet. First of all... Uh, maybe you trust him for a little while, but when it's a year, year and a half, the guy's still not home. You haven't heard from him. They haven't done anything to bring him home. I start talking to the media, I think. And I, I start yelling at the top of my lungs about what this administration has done. And that's nothing except tell us to shut up. Hey, sit down and shut up and don't talk about your son. Well, that led to his death because they did nothing to get him back. We find as a family, as soon as you get home. Hang in there, tiger boy. You're coming home. Mm. The Department wow. of State has secured the release of Otto Warmbier. We're also thankful to Rex Tillerson and to President Trump. They, they wanted Otto home. Otto's not in great shape right now, and he's been through a real tough time. He has not engaged in any purposeful movements or behaviors. Otto had been Oof. terrorized and brutalized for 18 months. A young college student back home to his parents, unresponsive and in a coma. And I knelt down by his side and I hugged him and I told him I missed him and I was so glad that he made it home. I'm able to wear the jacket that he wore 
I just wanted to pass on word that Otto Warmbier has just passed away. I haven't ever seen mm. him that disturbed or emotional in a very long time. Our thoughts and our prayers remain with this wonderful family. Tough to watch. Otto Warmbier's parents are here, Fred and Cindy Warmbier. They, they're joining us now in their first television interview since that day, since their son came home and then passed away. Thank you for being here. Why did you decide you wanted to tell your story now? Thanks for having us, Ainsley. It's been three months since Otto has died and we buried him. And our family has had time to come together and process this horrible situation, do some healing. But now we see North Korea uh, claiming to be a victim mm -hmm. and uh, that the world is picking on them. Mm -hmm. And we're here to tell you North Korea is not a victim. They're terrorists. They kidnapped Great. Otto. They tortured him. They intentionally injured him. They are not victims. They're terrorists. Yeah, and what a what a great situation for them to come out now and remind us all of that, that North Korea is not the victim here. Their son is one of the many victims here. The North Korean people are victims here, uh, but their son did absolutely nothing to deserve what they did to him. And so uh, I'm, I'm glad they're out there speaking out. I imagine if... Barack Obama were still in office, they'd still be silenced. They still would have squelched them because they didn't want to do anything about North Korea, and they didn't do anything about North Korea. Adam in Minnesota. Hi, you're on the blaze. Hey, Pat. It's a privilege to talk to you. Thanks. Um, yeah, I just to, to just uh, renegotiate or to pronounce your uh, – to re replay your, your – uh, your statement there about Obama yeah. and what he's doing about the North Koreans is just a disgrace to the American people. It is, it, it, it's, it's, it's gone to, to the point where it's just, it, it's no one's doing anything. It's just rhetoric between Trump and, and this, this Kim Jong-un back and forth. And I'm so sick of it. We're just sitting by and we're doing nothing. Yeah. Us as American people need to do something about this. I mean, he's, he's threatening to blow us up to light the American people on fire, to, 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 to yes. blow up Guam. And we're sitting by and we're doing nothing. And, uh, you know, let me get your thoughts on that. Well, what are your thoughts? What would you, what would you recommend that we do at this point? You know, I'm, now that everybody's let this degrade to this point, what do you think we should do? Pat, I'm no politician. I'm, 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 I'm just an American citizen with a job and, mm. and, and, you know, trying to do, pay my taxes. All I know is that, that, what I would do is not not what Trump's doing is making yeah. threats, just, just making yeah. name calling and 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 this this hypocrisy. It's just stupid. We need to we need to stand up for what we believe in our principles and and our rights, and we need to go back to our values, like Glenn Beck always says. Just go back to our values and 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 base our our system off that. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Adam. Uh, you know, now that they've let. The situation degrade to this point. It's really hard to know what to do because we're Americans. We don't use we don't do first strikes, right? We we wait until we're attacked and then we hit back a hundred times as hard. At least that's that's sort of the American way. That's that's the way we've normally done things. Uh, so 
now that we've let this stretch on and on and they do have nuclear weapons and they are threatening us pretty much on a daily basis and they have killed one of our citizens at least they actually have others in in custody now it's really tough because do you do you just sit back and wait until they do launch a strike against guam or you know california if they can reach that far or do you do a preemptive strike it's i mean it is it's a difficult situation now and you know he said he's he's no politician here's the problem neither is donald trump and that's what everybody liked about him he's not a politician he's not a diplomat he's just a guy who says what he feels well maybe that's not the right thing to do in this particular case i i don't know but i loved what uh one caller said last week when we were talking about north korea he said why don't we you know drop food why why don't we show the north korean people who we are and drop huge crates filled with food that have courtesy of the united states of america uh printed all over the crates so there's no mistaking where this food came from people are starving we're dropping food and you can shoot at us if you want to that's fine but we're dropping food for your people i don't know that might <laughs> would that de- would that deflate the situation would that calm it down at all while we're doing that could we have some hackers kind of getting into their system to kind of disarm their nukes no i thought we were doing that in the first place i mm. supposedly we messed with a couple of their launches and then lately we've done none of that mm-hmm. but do you remember when they when this all started heating up again they launched a couple of strikes that went wrong because somebody hacked into their system and everybody said it was us well if we can do that why don't we keep doing that mm-hmm. why don't we do that every single time i don't know i i just i really don't know it's a strange situation because i don't know who to believe i i don't know whether we should believe that north korea is a backward country and they can't really hurt us or if we should believe the latest reports that somehow they've gotten their hands on ICBM technology that could reach the U.S. mainland. So we're just rolling the dice right now. Yeah, We're just keeping our fingers crossed and praying for the best. Uh, 888-933-93 with your thoughts. Meantime, it's time to say goodbye to Big Mobile and hello to Freedom. And hello to a company that will support your values. You know, we know that big government is at the root of a lot of America's problems. But Big Mobile, as in your phone company, contributes to that too. Because they take a portion of the proceeds that you pay them every month. And they put it straight into the pockets of organizations like Planned Parenthood. And they help advocate for issues like sanctuary cities and gun control. And they're not the only affordable option for great cell service patriot mobile is here they're the only conservative cell phone company in america where part of your patriot mobile bill directly funds traditional family values religious freedom and opportunities for american citizens and this week you can get the same nationwide coverage with unlimited talk text and data for a much better price right now unlimited talk and text starts at 20 dollars a month what are you paying right now a hundred two hundred starts at twenty dollars a month with patriot mobile so get in touch with them today at 800 a patriot or visit their website patriotmobile.com slash pat and use my my name pat in the promo code and they'll waive the activation fee too 
So it's 1-800-PATRIOT or visit their website at patriotmobile.com slash pat. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for joining us. 888-933-93. Got some tweets yeah. at Pat Unleashed. At Pat Unleashed. Uh, let's see. Marsha Lee Deal uh, tweets you, um, Pat, dropping food is no good. The regime will confiscate it, and they'll take the food and medicine from people and punish them for having it in their homes. Well, there's a buzzkill. Well, they they yeah, but they can't be everywhere. Mm-hmm. They, can't, they can't be everywhere. Uh, if you drop it in certain places, yeah, maybe they'll they'll be there and they'll take the food. But I mean, if you're dropping it all over the country, yeah. there's no way they can be everywhere at the same time. You just hope they don't come to your house and look around. Yeah. Uh, DM and DM. Uh, if we go back to the Al Roker fun we had earlier, he said the first rule of pants pooping club is you don't talk about pants pooping club. <laughs> That's just a, it's a good safety general tip. General rule of thumb. There. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, in, in respect to the uh, kneeling, Tom Sheehan tweets you and says, uh, "Pat, unless you're Tim Tebow, then the kneel is wrong." Hmm. I'm not sure what the kneel kneeling is wrong kneeling unless is... you're Tim Tebow. You see, in okay. other words, that's the only appropriate kneel on a football field. Right. 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 Okay. Um, and here's a nice gotcha. one. Oh, you're gonna love mm-hmm. this one, Pat. Kristen right. tweets you at Pat Unleashed. Have you lost weight? You look great on TV. Must be the absence of spoons. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that helps. Yeah. Uh, Yes, that helps. Uh, 888-900-3393. Yeah, this, uh, the anthem thing, I just, I just saw this uh, footage of the national anthem at the Atlanta Falcons Detroit Lions game. Did you, so you must have seen this on Sunday. Yeah. Because you're in it, like producer Keith is an Atlanta Falcons fan. Yeah. And even, even the guy who sang the anthem is getting in on this kneeling thing. This is pathetic. Yeah. Listen to him here at the end. And, and the reason he's kind of screwing up the note at the end is because he's taking a knee as he's singing it. Rico Lavelle, is that his name? Uh, yeah. It wasn't pleasant. That's I even mean, in real he time. Sucks. Thing one. He's <laughs> he's not good. He's not good. And he made it even worse at the and end. And he made it worse by taking a knee at the end. Can we stop? What does it even mean? What are you doing? Hey, why don't you do the last segment of today's show? On, on my knee. knee. Uh-huh. You're gonna take a knee. Theblaze.com slash TV. It's gonna be awesome. Take a knee and raise a fist in the air. Uh, apparently a few people have done this so far, which is wonderful. Um, I guess somebody on The Voice did try this. The Unfilled Antics uh, inspired singer Megan Lindsay, a runner-up on NBC's The Voice, to join in another very visible protest. She and her guitarist dropped to their knees at the ending note of, of a song. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we got, we got that, too. Uh, that was on the Titans 
Seahawks game, apparently. So this runner-up on The Voice did the same thing. I mean, are you really that hard up for attention? Because, or do you really believe that taking a knee while you're singing the national anthem, is that honestly going to make a difference? (laughs) Do you really think anybody cares if you're getting on your knee? And if you get on your knee, then people are going to think, oh, you know what? Uh, Social justice. Oh, you know what? Inequality. Uh, we shouldn't have that anymore. Yeah. We should all be equal. Now I'm convinced because yeah. that singer whose name I didn't know before the anthem started, nor will I know it when it's over, has convinced me. Right? She was the runner-up, though, on The Voice. I do oh. know that. Mm-hmm. She was the runner-up on The Voice. And if she takes a knee, well. well, then social justice. Well, then equality. We should all be equal. We should all make the exact same amount of money. I don't care if you work as hard as I do or not. You should make the same amount of money as I do. And by golly, we should all make the same amount of money as these millionaires in the NFL who are taking a knee. How about that? 888 <laughs> Angie in Florida. You're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, Pat. Thanks hey. for taking my call. You bet. I wanted to tell you, I'm a seventh generation native Nevadan, and Going to the UNR games was almost an every-time thing. And all the fans at Nevada, we supported Cap. We backed him up. Mm. We bought his jerseys. We were so proud of him. And we let him know. And to have him start this as soon as he, you know, in the NFL, he could have been something and done something and been a great inspiration it, it does seem like when he was concentrating on his career, he actually did pretty well, didn't he? I mean, he had, oh, yeah. some, he had a good year. It. UNR and um, UNLV, we had such a rivalry, and our custom was to paint the cannon. Whoever had the cannon, we would paint it in our school colors. And you might want to check my stats, but I'll bet Cap brought us, had helped us hold the cannon all four years. Wow. So, so you think that Nevada, all four years he was there, Nevada beat UNLV? I'm pretty sure we did because we had the cannon and we painted our colors and it stayed our colors for, I'm almost positive, the four years he was at UNR. And, and that, the crowds, the stadium would rock and the, the fans were all behind him and we would cheer him on and we were behind him. We. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I'm looking on our shoulders. I'm looking at a story right now where it says uh, UNR smashes UNLV 63-28, 773 yards of total offense. So he did have at least one really good game against UNLV. Yeah. <laughs> There's no no question about that. Uh, and oh, I remember yeah. I remember him being really good in college, really good. And he just he was focused on football, and nobody was talking about. You know, he he had a normal hairdo. He didn't have that humongous eight-foot afro that he has today. Um, And he just, he seemed to be focused on what he was supposed to be doing then. And then somewhere along the way, he he went south. And there's a lot of talk that his girlfriend had something to do with that because she's a Black Lives Matter activist. Are you aware of her? That might have been. I yeah. didn't know about she, his girlfriend. I just know how the fans reacted to him. I just know how we supported him. You know, we 
We worked. It, it felt like we worked right there next to him, like we were making the touchdowns, like we were a part of the team. It pulled us together. We anything to beat UNLV, anything yeah. to keep that cannon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel your pain, Angie. I do. I feel your pain. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Isn't his girlfriend? A member of Black Lives Matter, and she's like a disc jockey, I think, and yeah. or she's a she's a radio announcer or something in New York City. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything on the Black Lives Matter here on this page, but I did see something interesting on. Uh, let's see, Saudi Arabia here. Uh, let's see here. Scroll up, scroll up, and let's see. She's attributed her upbringing in Saudi Arabia as helping to shape her activism. Okay, oh, there we are. Oh, that's great. Raised by a Muslim in her Egyptian, by her Egyptian father. Let's see, uh, Middle Eastern mother. She has two brothers. Um, I have no idea what I was going to say. Oh, when writing about the controversial shooting of Alton Sterling in July of 2016, Nessa said that her educated parents uh, were refused jobs, quote, because they have an accent. Uh, her father's work took the family to Saudi Arabia when she was in her youth. Uh, let's see. Uh, she wore gas masks to school, heard war sirens constantly, knew at this point I had to break out of this lifestyle. Let's see. I'm trying to, mm. I don't see exactly what her activism is these days, but uh, I'll try to find that out. Let's triple eight nine I mean, I don't know. Uh, we've got so many of these. You got the Antifa movement. You have the Black Lives movement. Both of them violent most of the time, a lot of the time anyway, and the media mostly ignores it. And all during the Tea Party movement, all they talked about was the potential for violence from the Tea Party. And never once were they violent. Never once did they break things and hurt people and beat people in the streets. It just didn't happen. And we had massive rallies in New York and Washington, D.C., and here in Dallas and all over the country and throughout the world, we had these rallies and every single one of them was peaceful. In fact, like five to 600 people showed up in Washington, D.C. in 2010. And we left the mall in Washington cleaner than we found it. And yet everybody was worried about the Tea Party movement. They were racist. They were violent. And, the, and it never happened. Now, when they really have violence to talk about, to look at, to warn about, they don't, they don't do it. Uh, because it's on the left and that doesn't fit their agenda. 888 Are you trying to show me something about yeah. her girlfriend there? Yeah, so, yeah, so it's a Black Lives activist, Black Nessa Diab. Yeah, that she's allegedly a bad influence, but... When you scroll down uh, the story, it just says an unnamed source reportedly said that uh, we're now hearing it was actually his girlfriend's idea for Colin to protest, and they're, and they're planning an Islamic-style wedding. Again, this is an unnamed source, so who knows? But there you go. Okay. Well, I mean, too bad because he, he could be in the NFL right now, still making $14 million a year like he was. You know, that's really something to protest. It would be a nice wedding. Wouldn't it? I mean, think of how you could decorate that. I'll take the $14 million a year, and I'll, I'll be happy with it. Uh, I think most of us would be. 888 900 It's Pat Gray Unleashed. We got the uh, Jeffy segment coming up. Chewing the Fat with Jeffy. Next on The Blaze.
Pat Gray. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh huh. And so are you. And I appreciate that. Triple eight, 933.93. Pat Gray unleashed and time for chewing the fat with Jeffy. Hi. Hi. Hi, Jeffy. How you doing? Mm-hmm. I don't have my headphones on, so do we have an open or is it just us? Uh, it's okay. just us. Okay. Um, I cannot believe that you're in here talking about transparent. Mm hmm. On Amazon without me in here. What is going Are you feel okay? Oh, uh, that's right. Transparent is the uh, Amazon series that we were talking about where they're going to do full frontal trans nudity. Yeah. And first of all, that's not the first place where you could have seen full frontal trans nudity. <laughs> well, it is on TV. clear about that. It okay. is on a TV show. <laughs> on TV. Because I'm sure you've witnessed it. We yeah, where even, else could we have we seen it? We don't even want to know about it. Well, I, I can send you to one site. So no, thank you, but uh, appreciate the <laughs> offer. So uh, you do. You're familiar with. The, I'm very familiar with the show because you I, actually watch it. I, I I've not watched every episode. I'm not caught up to the, all the seasons, uh, but I did start watching it uh, not long ago because I thought I got to start. I love Jeffrey Tambor, uh-huh. who, who's the the main character, one of the main characters, and I thought this show has been on. I've got to watch it. It's I have to. So I made it through. I mean, the first season. And you want to know why it's so huge? Because it has everything that you hate, Pat Gray. <laughs> Which I is... mean, is it is everything, man. They cover hetero, lesbian, gay, relationship, uh, cheating. Does it have a Jeffy in it? it? Is there yeah, a Jeffy I mean, in it? All of it. It's, it's really... So it's, it's just... It's West Coast... Degradation. Yes, it's West Coast, California. Uh, he's great. struggling. Uh-huh. You know, he's struggling because he's always wanted to be a woman and... <laughs> really? Yeah. It's just uh, the main uh, character has always Jeffrey wanted Tam- to be Jeffrey Tambor, yeah. a woman. Yeah. And then there's somebody. So it's his children. So the person who's going to be naked has a boyfriend. And he's he's rubbing her back or whatever they say in the scene that's coming up for season two or. Uh huh. I mean, that's season the, four. The videos usually start season with four, episode two. So anyway, uh, does the boyfriend know that the person is trans? I don't know the answer to that. I'm not know in the, the, into the third season. Yeah, I don't okay. know. Okay. Right. I'm guessing with such a struggle, probably not. Because you're going to want to get the reaction. Yeah, because you're going to want boyfriend. that. Yes. Yeah. And there was a movie years ago that, it, 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 maybe even in the 90s, where there was a big surprise. I forget what the name was of the, the movie crying was. Game? Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. yeah, the crying game. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I thought you were talking about Tootsie. So the big surprise was <laughs> she pulls down her pants and there's. Yeah. There's a unit yeah. there. Ugh, boy. Ugh. And you know what's your there. Anyway. Now, the, in that movie, if I'm not mistaken, I remember people saying the guy threw up, right? The guy who... It's so long since I've seen the crying game. I, I don't... So that would not be permitted today because you must be turned on by it, I guess. I mean, right? You have to accept it. That's going right. to be... Wow, fantastic! Yay! Yay! You know, I didn't realize Yay. it, but I think I want to be trans, too. <laughs> yes. I, I didn't know you were a man, but I'm so glad you are. Woo. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> Do you know, I mean, I watched a little bit of Tootsie not too long ago. Uh-huh. You, you want to speak of something that, I mean, some of the stuff that's said and done in that 
show super politically incorrect yes what was that 1980 or 81 yeah where he he dresses up like a woman right i mean it's amazing how far we've come and i don't know that it's all for good Oh, whoa, uh, Jeffy. What a statement. You really no, went out there It's all off. for good. <laughs> I know. You really went way out I know. It could be, I could be off. I know. You stand by that, huh? I know. Huh? I could be off, but I will stand by. I, I don't know that it's all for good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. we Society needs to pull it back if Jeffy's starting to have cold feet. <laughs> That's powerful. I know. I know. Okay, so the kneeling thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, can we just stop? Please. I, I, I would like to first, you know, our president, first, Donald Trump, please. Stop. Stop, stop talking about it. Stop. Because he's firing he's it all, all up. He's all firing it up. I mean, don't forget that he started it with, uh, you know, with the whole thing. And then last night was my favorite because when uh, the Dallas team goes to the knee, mm-hmm. right, before the, before the national anthem, the stadium started booing because everybody thought that they were going to do it for the national anthem, right? The right. whole thing. Yeah. And he, Trump tweets the booing at the NFL football game last night when the entire Dallas team dropped to his knees was loudest I have ever heard. Great anger. Then the next tweet, but while Dallas dropped to his knees as a team, they all stood up for the national anthem. A big progress being made. We all love our country. The worst. Oh I mean, man! Come on, that's like his disinvite of Stop. Steph Curry. <laughs> but listen, we all knew that this was. We all knew this was what it was, right? The Donald Trump. Yeah, we knew it. We, yeah, uh, there, were, there, were, there was there was a place that people came that they heard about it, mm-hmm. and I think it was called the Blase. Mm-hmm. Some I, mm-hmm. I can't remember what the mm-hmm. full name of it. Bl- so close, but. It, Blaz, 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 was it was blaz? Because uh, they found out now. Remember, he was the big uh, uh, USFL guy, right? Donald Trump. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And so a guy, this Jeff Perlman, is writing a book on the USFL, and he has come to find out that Mr. Trump, uh, way back in 1984, uh, was not uh, liked very much by the USFL people either. Uh, they despised him. Why? Well, he was, uh, in fact, the John Bassett, the owner of the Tampa Bay Bandits, uh, they uncovered a letter that he had typewritten, uh, type wrote out to uh, Donald Trump and uh, just ripping him, uh, telling him on a number of occasions over the past meetings I've witnessed with astonishment at your personal abuse of the commissioner and various of your partners if they do not happen to espouse one of your causes or agree with one of your arguments. And it goes on. I mean, it's so not much has changed. She does the same. Not thing much today. has changed at all. Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing. Yeah. So we can say stop it. And doesn't he see it? And what is he doing? Doesn't matter. He's going to keep doesn't doing what he matter. wants to do. Yeah. He's gotten away with it this long. Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing. Now, although he he wasn't the president of the United States. No, in he wasn't. So <laughs> no, he wasn't. So it and, wasn't as and, big a deal. No, and and listen, he's trying to build a league. Right, I mean, they brought him in yeah. at that time. I mean, really, they brought him in to try to build something to go against the Didn't NFL. Didn't he own the New Jersey Generals? Yes. Yeah. They tried to bring, you know, and he was, you know, seeing it. He's the front man. He's going to be the loud mouth. That's what they wanted him for. Did he bring Herschel Walker to the league? Well, he may have. I think he did. Yeah, yeah I think he did. So, yeah, anyway. for a while, the USFL was going to destroy sure. the NFL. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they were going to take on, take them on head on, 
And uh, I mean, it was worth the shot, right? I mean, those guys. Everybody knew it was going to fail, so I don't know if it was worth a shot. Everybody no, knew. I, think they, do I don't know that everybody knew. I think, I think, that, the, I think that the owners uh, wanted to play on, I forget what day of the week or, or different season, and it was Trump who convinced them, no, 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 we're going that, head, head down. down. Oh, the that, NFL on Sunday afternoons. Okay, and well, then there you go, because because Donald Trump couldn't take the idea. If we want to be up in Trump for a little bit. He didn't want to play in the spring. Right. He didn't want to play in the same stadium. We can be, go up against him. Yeah, we could be number one and beat them. Yeah, no. Instead of playing, instead of playing along with it a little bit, right? And they all could have made a whole bunch of money. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. I mean, they got some so, good football players. They got they got Herschel they Walker. Got they great had coaches. Steve Young for a while. Yeah, they had great, great coaches. coaches. I mean, it was because they paid him a lot of money. The best effort that's ever been done. Yeah, absolutely. Probably, but oh well, and inevitable that it failed. One of the yeah, and and because of that, you're not getting anybody else going to try it. Right. Right, yeah. you got the Arena League is probably about the closest thing, and that's even working. With and they the don't NFL. really compete against the NFL. No. no, and I think the NFL actually owns it. Probably oh, now. hold on. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm looking up the USFL stuff, and this line I have to share with you, gentlemen. Um, the USFL was trying to circumvent the NFL's 1.8 million dollar salary cap at the time. What? <laughs> Stop! <laughs> they make that in a game now. Oh yeah. the, Wow. Wow. Right. It's changed a lot in the last 30-some years. So Spotify, streaming music. Guess which hit just became Spotify's most streamed song ever. ever. The Spotify's most streamed song ever. Uh, American Mormon. The song that I uh, wrote about a year ago. <laughs> is, it, is it that one? That's my guess. American Mormon! That's Get coming. away from me! I, remember that? I hate to, I People do. Do it. I remember it. it? I've streamed no, it. Number one I've, song in the land I've put for a at while. least a thousand streams <laughs> on Spotify <laughs> listening to that. Just myself. Or maybe, uh, uh, what's that? Who pays your salary? Oh, that's maybe bigger. That, that maybe was that's bigger. even bigger. That was bigger. Maybe that's even bigger. Let me check the list here. When are we going to keep the guitar in here, <laughs> please? Gray. Did he make the list? Uh, not no. on the list right oh, now. No, huh? it's not on this list. All right. I mean, I mean, I could go back and double check the list from Spotify. They may have doctored no, that's all right. it. What is number one? Uh, Ed Sheeran, uh, dance, pop, smash, shape of you. Oh, now shape of you shot past one dance to claim the top spot. At the time of this article, which was a couple days ago, shape of you has clocked up one million three hundred and twenty-five thousand. 300, oh, wait, I'm sorry, 1 billion, 325 million, 384,303 wow. spins on the streaming service. 1.3 billion? But while One Dance is lagging behind with only 1,319,178,669. Are they both Sheeran songs? No, one is the, uh, uh, the rapper uh, Drake. Okay. Hmm. Uh, now, listen. <laughs> Shape of You also holds the record for the most streams in one day on Spotify, raking in over 10 million plays. That's unbelievable. Man. And 56, over 56 million plays in 24 hours. Wow. Don't feel too bad for Drake. That's an unbelievable phenomenon. Don't feel too bad for Drake, though, because uh, the Canadian rapper is still the most streamed artist on the service with more than 4.7 billion streams to his name. 4.7 billion billion 
billion. But that's not who pays your salary numbers, I'll tell you that. No, it's not. No, I mean, come on. I think that hit almost a trillion uh, streams. I think you're right. At one point. I think what happened is, is that Spotify can't even count. They can't. So they just so they didn't even count that one. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what happened, too. Yeah. I mean, these guys, that's just amazing, right? Yeah. That's, that's phenomenal. Crazy. It's crazy. Plus, Ed Sheeran is supposedly, he's not even that great looking a guy, right? He's He's... Average I mean, at best. For, yeah, I mean, for me, he's not that good looking of a guy. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. there's a lot better looking men out there than that. <laughs> can you can you give us some names on uh, who you're thinking about there? I mean, if I could, if I had to, I would. You always but... have to make it icky, don't you? You always. <laughs> what do you mean? Have to make it icky. <laughs> <laughs> you you asked. You did ask. Well, I did. Wait, I don't know. All right, what else you have? <laughs> All right, so uh, not long ago, I told you about the uh, London uh, Fatberg. In oh, the, yeah. The, oh, yeah. The, the giant uh, trash in the tunnel. Yeah, the congealed. So we had a big one in Baltimore. Gigantic glob, uh, congealed fat, wet wipes, other waste. Fatberg in Baltimore. In Baltimore. Uh-huh. In Baltimore, and the overcharge discharged about uh, 1.2 million gallons of sewage into the Jones Fall waterway last week. Now, it was discovered in the sewer uh, near Baltimore Penn Station. Now, the public works official said the walls of the 100-year-old 24-inch wide pipe caked <laughs> oils, grease, congealed fats. Now, the good thing about this, and I just want to point this out, okay, mm-hmm. is that in London, theirs weighed about 140 tons, and they said that it was going to take them uh, uh, weeks to destroy it and figure out what they were going to do with it and cut it up. Uh, Baltimore, we've already taken Here in America, we're already done. That's right. Let's uh, clean that thing out. Mm-hmm. Get that thing knocked out. Let's go. And how'd they do it? They just... <laughs> they, Set off a nuke underground? Yeah, they just came in and dug it out. <laughs> we, just, we just went down and dug it out. Wow. That's good old American That ingenuity. is right there. That's yep. right. You know, come on. It's American take, know-how. Well, it could take us weeks, or we could just bring in the backhoes and dig it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, so uh, this is actually, I don't, know, I don't know that I want to believe this is true or not, but I'm happy that she's doing it. I just don't know that I, I believe Playboy supermodel Jenna Bentley uh, is so confused over whether to have breast reduction operation that she's letting her fans decide. I mean, that's nice of her, isn't it? Yeah. See, that's why I don't think it's, I don't think it's real, because she's posting pictures on, on her social media sites, uh, asking people whether she should have them reduced or not. I mean, that's pathetic. Well, look, you're gonna let somebody else decide that about your body. Well, look, she was running and she felt like she got sucker punched by her 36e breasts. Is that really what it says? Oh, good golly. And uh, so now she's, you know, she's out there asking people what she should do. So you're really this starved for stories? And it's overwhelming. To? It's uh-huh. over- I think it's real. <laughs> what are you talking about? I think it's a real story. That's not real. That's why I don't think it is. Yeah, I don't think that's real. I don't real. think it is either. No way. Okay. Yeah. I mean, she just wants to post pictures of herself yes. naked on the internet. Probably yes. That. And mm-hmm. who does? I mean, mm-hmm. once you get in that mode, I mean, you know Pat as well as anyone. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. For, the amount of pictures I post wow. on social media. I tell you what. Uh, that, uh, you know, show a lot of skin. You'll want to start following at Let's Pat Unleashed. You're going to find out what that means, Pat Unleashed. Thank you. Every single follower has Thank just you. left the site. <laughs> it is a day of celebration, too. I forgot to mention uh, National Pancake Day. What? Why really? do we not have pancakes and here? And why didn't we know about this really before now? We do not have pancakes here, right? And, you remember, and plus uh, Dyson. 
the vacuum cleaner guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. going to it's been he's big time. Uh, going to start uh, building electric cars by 2020. What the Dyson electric the vacuum car. cleaner guy? Yes, is doing a car. He's going to build an electric car. Yes, he's putting money into it. He's already started a, a doing Dyson it. electric car. Right. <laughs> What's that going to sound like going down the road? I mean. No, but think of that. It's got the bit one big wheel, yeah. right? Like the, the Dyson. It's a good looking car. It's like the street the sweeper. That's what he's making. Now he's apparently, I mean, he's got, a, apparently he tried to uh, get into the car business a, a number of years ago, back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. He developed a filter that you'd put over your exhaust pipe. Cause yeah. he's, he's a big, uh, uh, too dirty. The air is too dirty and smog right. and everything. Yeah. And, uh, he said that, uh, People were not interested in this product. <laughs> it sucked. So I've invented this. I've invented this great product to curb the smog in the air. All you have to do is fit it over your exhaust pipe. No, thank yeah, you. No, nah. no, no. That's okay. Take yeah. care. Yeah, take care. If the car comes that way, I don't think people would mind. But they're right. not fit it over the right. No, it's too much. And I'm not going to mess mess with the exhaust pipe because that can be dangerous. I'm not even going to mess with it. You want this? You you want the carbon monoxide come backing up on you in the car? No, thank you. No, that's true. That's a possibility. So, well, I mean, if it's installed improperly, it's a possibility. Yes, but you and I go to a specific Dyson me, if dealership. Anybody could install it improperly. It's me. <laughs> it's me and me. That's a good point. <laughs> All right, I gotta I gotta ask you about this because I know you're an earwax specialist, uh, Jeffy. Uh, when your ears are aren't clean, uh, do they get really uncomfortable? Yes, it's no fun. Itchy, painful, it's no fun. Get plugged it's up, makes up. it harder it's to hear. It's all clogged up in here. Is that why you're uh, hard of hearing about half the time? Uh, I, I've noticed that when somebody says "Hey, Jeffy," in a normal voice, you don't respond because you didn't hear them. So well, <laughs> maybe it's the fact that you're not getting the wax out I think of your ears. I think most of my most of half my head is clogged with the fatberg. You ever accidentally <laughs> right, jammed a cotton you. swab into your eardrum? Yes. Hurts like crazy, right? It sure does. It can also damage your hearing. Uh, the candles. I've you, tried those. I love them. Candles? I, you love I, them? I love them, except that... You the, jam I, them in your ear? You know why I love them? them? Fire? You know I love them? Because it keeps your hand warm. <laughs> That's why we did it in the wintertime. Because I'm don't sure. i not sure that it does anything. Yeah. Well, they can actually I, be dangerous. They can actually what? be dangerous. Yeah. Uh, but there's a fire real... next to the side of your head? <laughs> yeah, surprisingly. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. This won't catch your hair on fire. It's Wax RX Earwash uh, ear System. Doctor developed, and it works safely oh, where the other it. things don't. Wax RX System is a method that physicians trust the most, and it's just like the system they use in their office. With everything, It comes with everything you need to safely clean out your ears. And condition them conveniently at home for less than the cost of a doctor visit. Awesome. Nice. So if you have this kind of, if you have this issue, and certainly Jeffy does, uh, we don't even want to know uh, any more about your ear. I mean, is, is this is this a product that's actually available today, is, or do I have is, to wait for it no, to be invented? No, or? it's been invented. You can go to usewaxrx.com and order your reusable ear wash system today. Use the offer code RADIO. Have it shipped for free right to your door. UseWaxRx.com. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network.
Ray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for being with us. 888-933-93. Uh, Gene in Florida. Uh, you, you, you got something that something good that came from the United States Football League? Yes, one good thing. Uh, the, in Jacksonville, they had the Jacksonville Bulls, and they had a season ticket sales of 50,000-plus. And because wow. it's a huge football t- town, it's why we ended up getting the Jaguars. Oh, really? So, yes. it, so it led to the NFL Jacks, Jacksonville oh. Jaguars. Uh, are the games now, even though the team hasn't been good in quite a while, are, are they well attended? Uh, not really. <laughs> That's why they play in London every year. <laughs> That's a good politically correct answer. What happened really. to the football town? It was such a good football town. What happened? Uh, we were used to winning. Yes. And that's the thing, yeah. right? You got to win. You have to win in order we, to get the crowd out. And I think they even had Larry Zonka on the uh, management squad. Is Zonka from Jacksonville? I don't think so. No, but he's a, I mean, he's a Florida, well, yeah, a Florida but he, icon. But Miami. Miami yeah. so. All right. Plus, I mean, yeah, one of the good things that Jacksonville had, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm surprised that you didn't bring it up. Uh, I mean, Blaine Gabbert was there for a while. I'm sorry. And, uh, <laughs> I had just rocketed Jacksonville Blame right to the. Did you say you were surprised right he didn't bring it up? I'm surprised that he didn't bring huh. it up, yeah, because, I mean, it was such a. He completed over three passes in Jacksonville, <laughs> he right? He did. I think he may have actually completed four mm. in Jacksonville. It was, it, but I bad. said it was over three. Yeah, it was right. exactly four passes. I think it was. <laughs> the, the attendance is so poor in Jacksonville, they play one of their home games every year in London. They, like, volunteered. Mm. They're like, yeah, we'll, we'll take one of those three. So. Yeah. Andy in uh, Louisiana, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, Pat. Love the show. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. I, I, I wanted to go back to the North Korea thing you were talking about earlier. You okay? A- and full disclosure, I'm not the hugest Trump supporter, Trump fan, even though I did vote for him. It may be mildly, mildly nauseous. Okay. <laughs> All um, right. We, we may be able to continue talking, but go yeah, ahead. We, we'll we might be able to handle that. So, But you did vote for him. I, I did reluctantly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and I'm kind of like you and Glenn. I give praise where praise is due. Yeah. You know, he's done some good well, things. Have but to. Yeah, he's done a couple of good things. Everyone's talking about the rhetoric, and nobody. I, I, I see an interesting correlation between him and Ronald Reagan and the Gorbachev Soviet Union deal. I mean, that rhetoric was mm-hmm. pretty ratcheted up by the time that the Soviet Union collapsed. Now, Reagan was the great communicator. Right. Donald Trump is the what he calls himself the great negotiator. Right. I don't know what's going to happen with the the little fat douche. Is that what you call him? <laughs> the fat <laughs> little douche. Fat little douche. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get that in the right order, otherwise it just doesn't work. But yes. Uh, so so you're saying that the the tough rhetoric of Trump against Kim Jong Un is reminiscent of Reagan's tough rhetoric against the Soviet Union, right? I can't believe that just come out of my mouth. But, yes, but I, I you know, you might be right. I mean, and you're right. And you, you do have to make the case that Reagan was a brilliant communicator. Donald Trump is not. He's not. And so his rhetoric doesn't come off quite as as Did, Reg- did Ronald, Re- did Ronald Reagan tweet about Russia ever? No, he didn't. Okay, then. He did not tweet ever. <laughs> About Russia. I can guarantee you that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network.
Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray Unleashed, 888 Some interesting news over at Fox. Uh, Dana Perino is getting her own show. She's going to be, I, I think she's staying on the five. And then she's also getting a show at two o'clock in the afternoon. So uh, they'll have the Harris Faulkner anchoring the uh, one o'clock hour. And then Dana Perino does two o'clock and then she's on again at five. Interesting. Hmm, it's a long day. Also. Bill O'Reilly returns to Fox News Television tonight. Oh. Not with his own show, but he's, oh. he's going to be a guest on Sean Hannity's show. And those two, it's kind of interesting, seem to be making dice quite a bit lately. Um, which is fascinating because I, I, I would hazard an educated guess that they haven't been the best of friends over the last 20 years. And now all of a sudden... Uh, O'Reilly's been on Hannity's show twice. He was on the radio show, I think, last week, and now he's on the TV show tonight. And and it's on Fox News, mm. which is interesting because Fox News fired him for sexual harassment of some sort that they're accusing him of, which I don't think he did, and he denies. Kind of interesting because normally when you fire someone for sexual harassment, you don't have them back on somebody's show unless you find out maybe you're wrong doing that. Oh, Maybe, is that possible? Yeah, is there precedent for that? Is that possible? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know, but it's it's fascinating what's going on with Fox right now. It's just it's fascinating. Uh, I also love what is happening with uh, U2's Bono. That guy used to be pretty liberal and, pr- and pretty progressive. Yeah. Is that not correct? I mean, it's correct. Producer Keith, when you're a huge U2 fan, right? Yes, absolutely. And didn't we used to... It seems like when we were in Houston together, and uh, it, whether it, you may know or may not know that Keith was my producer in Houston when I when I did the show at KPRC for a while, and then he left to sell tires in Omaha, Nebraska. But I'm sorry? regardless... Wait, what? Um, <laughs> that just happened? <laughs> the tires that I sold... They were in Charleston, South Carolina. Thank okay. you very much. Right. It was Radio Shack that I left radio before in Shack. Omaha. Radio oh. Shack. All right. Let's... So he left for another radio job. Uh, just true. happened to be Radio Shack. <laughs> so anyway, um, I've, I forgot Bono, what we Bono were even talking al- about. Bono. He's always been liberal. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And he used to rail against, didn't he rail against Bush? Didn't he no. rail against the United no. States or our involvement in Iraq or something? I know no. he hacked me off a number of times. No, in fact... Um, it was a. Um, he actually loves Bush that much. I know now because yeah. Bush gave more money to AIDS in Africa, which is one of his big causes, than anybody in history um, by far. It's not even close. Right. It's not even close. And so Bono seems to have turned around um, and is a big fan of the United States of America. Well, he's always been a big fan of America. That that has, has he been, been from a, the start. Absolutely. Has he always been a big fan of capitalism? Not necessarily as vocal as he's been in recent years, but I'll tell you what turned him around was when he came to Washington back in the early 2000s to try to secure funding for this AIDS uh, aid in yeah. Africa. Yeah, um, he beca- actually became friends with Jesse Helms. You remember the old uh, North Carolina senator, the Republican? Holy cow! Yeah. That's an unlikely match, right? And because he was very receptive to the message oh, that wow. Bono was bringing, and that and probably blew Bono away. Right? Actually, it this blew. <laughs> old, old Republican yeah. who's probably racist in his mind, mm-hmm. you know, going into sure. knowing Jesse Helms. Yeah. Uh, and ancient, he probably figured, no way 
is this guy going right. to help me? And, and then he did. He got a receptive audience with Senator Helms, and the wow. rest is history. That's yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I th- we played this on the radio show months and months ago, but it's it's worth reminding you of because rock stars never say this kind of stuff. So it's so refreshing to hear Bono talk about capitalism in this way. here aren't just about them. Uh, imagine for a second this last global recession but without the economic growth of China and India, without the hundreds of millions of newly minted middle-class folks who now buy American and European goods. Imagine that. Think about the last five years. Okay. I'm thinking about it. Rockstar preaches capitalism. (laughs) Wow. Sometimes I hear myself and I just can't believe it. Um, (laughs) But commerce is real. That's what you're about here. It's real. Aid is just a stopgap. Commerce, entrepreneurial capitalism takes more people out of poverty than aid. Of course, we know that. That is unbelievable, especially when you have idiots like Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day saying the kinds of things he does. And the guy from Coldplay, um, whose name is... Chris Martin? Yes, Chris Martin, who's another socialist. I mean, these guys are such idiots. They're, of course, taking advantage and benefiting and profiting from capitalism in a massive way. All the while, they're uh, screaming about the evils of capitalism. Well, then don't involve yourself in it. How about that? <laughs> give your give your CDs away. Well, give away <laughs> tickets to your concerts. And Bono did actually. And Bono does it that appeared, kind of it appeared stuff. on your iPhone, if you'll recall. Bono and people got pissed. <laughs> Do you yeah. remember that? Right, right. Another thing that that pissed off I the left. I didn't want it to just show up for free on my iPhone. Well, then delete it. Yeah. <laughs> it's can I just kind of weird. Can I just say um my my dad passed away earlier this year and on his iPhone that I inherited um was one album and it was that U2 album and I thought <laughs> oh it, there's And obviously album. he didn't have to exactly, do that. Right. It, it just happened. But I think another thing that really pissed off the left uh with Bono and U2 was when I don't know maybe about a decade ago they moved the recording studios out of Ireland and people went nuts like how can you do this turn your back on your home country what are you doing? Uh, it's it's the taxes, stupid. And so that's why they moved their recording studio out of Ireland. And it's mm. a financial decision, all right? Mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, they, I mean, leftists don't, they can't relate to that. <laughs> right. They think you should pay whatever the country wants you to pay because that's your duty. That's your patriotic duty is to pay taxes. That's crazy. But anyway, here's what Bono just said about America at a concert. So he's he's standing up on stage. He's at this uh, huge venue. San Diego. In San Diego. Is it a basketball arena? I think it's an outdoor stadium. I'm not positive, though. I mean, they're still playing outdoor arenas. Oh, yeah. That's that's incredible. U2 has been so big for so long right. that they can still do this kind of stuff. They actually, yesterday, 40 years ago yesterday, they became a band together. 40 years. Yeah. Wow. 1977? Uh, 1976, so 41 years ago. I'm sorry. 41. Uh, wow, that's yep. crazy. Yep. Uh, anyway, here's what he said on stage. It's the country that we love, country that has become our second home. And Talk- you've been so generous to our band. Talking about America, by the way. And we don't take that for granted. We really, we really love this country. And we love you. And Nice. It's not just the country, is it? 
That gives me chills because, you first of all, you don't hear foreigners talk about America like that very often. You don't often. hear Americans talking about America like you, that. Exactly. That's really true. But you especially don't hear rock stars, and you especially don't hear foreign rock stars talk about the United States of America like this. So when you do, it's like, oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously. It's like you're taking a warm bath. Mm. Oh, thank you, Bono. It's an idea. It's an idea. It's a great idea. Right. It's one of the best ideas ever, is it not? Ish? Yes. Yes. Thank <laughs> you. But if we're honest, that idea right now is in need of some encouragement. Yes. Some protection. Yes. A country built on hope cannot be driven by fear. Wow. Good stuff. <laughs> A country founded on equality cannot allow hate to put it apart. Is that not true? Right. Right. We all have a stake in your success. We want the city on the hill to shine. We all have responsibility to work for that promise. Because there's nothing, there is nothing this country cannot do. My gosh. When you work together. Wow. One. Oh, look, they started playing one by you, too. Really cool. Really cool. Now, you could either... Take a knee for unity mm. during the national anthem, where it looks like you're disrespecting the country. Or you can say the things that Bono just said. Which is more effective? And who do which you do know? you respond better to? Who other than Ronald Reagan has referenced the shining city on a hill? It's, I mean, that's just brilliant. <laughs> it's just great stuff. It's it's an oasis in this desert of nonsense. Mm. Where you got NFL football players continually in our face doing these dumb little protests that they don't even know what they're protesting. And then you've got Bono talking the way he... And you know what? He addressed hate. He addressed that we shouldn't be giving into it. He addressed that maybe the leaders are leading us into hate. But he did it in a way that I think almost everybody can agree with and go along with. That's unity. Yep. That's unifying the nation. That's fantastic. And I I don't even like their music. I'm going to buy their CDs. Oh, I'll give you some to borrow. Just to, to check them out. Just to support them. I'm going to I'm going to commit capitalism <laughs> with you two because that's fantastic. Oh, I'm going to rank the albums for you and you can get to work. And he's also uh, probably Joshua Tree or uh I'm going to put Octoon Baby at the top. What was the one, what what is the album with uh Mysterious Way Octoon on Octoon Baby track 8. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> I like that one. Um because I, I'm not that crazy about U2's music. There's a few songs that I really like and that's one of them. Um but like the old stuff from Actually, I don't think there's anything on Joshua Tree I like anymore because what? I was in Top 40 Radio when it oh, came out. You got sick of it, didn't you? I, it just, <laughs> uh, I just got assaulted with it. <laughs> but this guy has talked about God's love. My mother died at my, her own father's gravesite as he was being lowered into the ground. She had an aneurysm mm. when I was 14. She left me, but she left me an artist. I began the journey trying to fill the hole in my heart with music, mm. with my mates, my bandmates, 
and finally the only thing that can fill it is God's love mm. and it's a nice. big hole but luckily there's a big love I went finally to Jerusalem on a family pilgrimage and I went to Golgotha and I went to mm. um, the site where and I had some time on my own where death died and I was like wow what a great way to put it. That's where death died. And so I don't really believe in it. And the guy is courageous because not only does this rock star talk about the, uh, the greatness of capitalism, the exceptionalism of America, but also the healing power of God's love and talks about where death died that's inc that's incredible. I mean, that's that's a guy we should be celebrating. There's a guy we can hold up and say, "Yep, yeah, I I like him." And kids, listen to his music. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. This 888-933-93, not to beat a dead horse, but uh, here's another here's another great segment uh, from Bono on terrorism. As you know, there was another senseless terrorist attack in, uh, in Manchester mm -hmm. yesterday, and I would imagine that's something you guys have been thinking about, uh, uh, they, certainly. They hate music, they mm -hmm. hate women, wow. they even hate little girls, they hate everything that we love. And, you know, the worst of humanity was on view in Manchester last night. But so was the best, as people took perfect strangers into their houses and queued up for blood banks. And Manchester has a undefeatable spirit, I can assure you. Nice. Now, usually a rock star would go to, uh, yeah, well, that happened. But look at the domestic terror in the United States. The real <laughs> terrorists are the white right. supremacists. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Triple eight nine hundred thirty three nine or the real terrorists or the Tea Party. Oh, uh, that's that's who the real the tea baggers. Those are the ones we really have to watch out for. Okay, thank you. Uh, Mark in Massachusetts, you're on the blaze. Hi, reporting from the sanctuary of socialism itself, Pat. Thanks for checking you know, in. Every 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 time I, I see one of these snowflakes talking about how we have to eliminate capitalism because it's the source of all evil and we have to go to socialism i would love to ask one of those like okay pumpkin um how what's the plan exactly to have facebook amazon google microsoft and cisco to simply cease making products for a profit um those five oh, companies it would it would ruin their lives it would it would set their life upside down and they wouldn't know how to act anymore without the phone those Five companies combined have created upwards of 20 million millionaires. Do you yeah. think any of those people were despondent because their net worth hit required two commas? <laughs> I mean, it just blows my mind that these absolute 
intellectual imbeciles could, could just scream socialism. It's like, okay, tell us how we get there. Yeah. Cause you're going to have to send an army into those institutions. If you, you're going to get them to actually cease making products for profit. It's just unbelievable how, how they, they play this, these sound bites of these idiots and no one challenges them, whether they're a celebrity or just some pinhead in a, you're protesting in a park. So it's frustrating when that happens too. When 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 they're when that completely goes unchallenged and their their life view just lays out there and it's like can somebody please correct that? Can somebody say something to that person? Uh, but that's why that's why our young people are so messed up right now on socialism. Oh, I know. It. Because nobody corrects them on it. Well, the, the Mater D and Ferris Bueller had it right. I weep for the future. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Mark. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Paul in Montana. Hey, Paul, you're on the blaze. Hi, hey. Pat. How are you? Good. Uh, you know, uh, aside from Bono, I have a, another uh, group that might be uh, good for kids today. Why don't you? Why don't we turn people on to Beatles music, huh? Uh, some of their music's pretty good, but I don't think you'd like their political persuasion, would you? Why not? Why? What is? How? What is bad about their uh, point of view? I think the Beatles were were pretty socialist in nature, pretty uh, liberal in nature. Uh, John Lennon was, you know, he wrote Imagine, which is essentially right. the communist manifesto put to music. Uh, that's true, <laughs> right. that's true. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think their music is quite wholesome. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, they, it's, yes. And, and, you know, the song Revolution is awesome. Right. The song Revolution is fantastic. Absolutely, no question. Yeah, uh, songs like "All You Need Is Love"—that's wholesome message, uh, you know. Uh, and uh, by the way, I don't believe that uh, they were necessarily, while they were still together as a group, uh, really uh, having any political uh, stands uh, as such, you know, uh, because mm-hmm. I don't think that they were encouraged to do that, you know. Yeah, I no, I I don't know that they. They did that a lot. Appreciate the call, Paul. But when they had a chance, when they had an opportunity, when they were asked things in interviews, you know, especially John, certainly didn't sound conservative by any means. Now, there was some guy that worked for him that was in his household who, after uh, Lennon died, Mm -hmm. claimed that in the last years of his life, he became conservative. Yeah, you you know about that too. I, I've heard that. I've, I've heard that, and I just I can't substantiate it, and I can't remember who it was that worked around him or with him or was in his household a lot, like a I don't know a butler or a nanny or something, uh, an thought, au pair. I thought you were going to say Christian, because that has been thrown out too. That in his yeah, last that he days. became Christian. Yeah. So I well, don't and know. certainly George Harrison was. Yeah. Of course, I he had kind of a different kind of mix with the. Mooney thing mixed with Christianity. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not sure where he was on that. But when you listen to the lyrics of Imagine, Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us, only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Yeah, okay, nice. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's okay, so there's uh, one strike against believing in God. Okay. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. No religion Two, imagine all the people living life in peace. So basically we're saying there that borders, we should be borderless. And it's the borders that we have, the nationalism that we have, 
and religion that causes war. And if we didn't have those things, there'd be peace. Yeah, that's right out of the manifesto. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. Aww. Oh, wow. Yes, let's be one. Let's aspire to that. Mm-hmm. Imagine no possessions. Communism. I wonder if you can. Yeah, Soviet Union. Uh, no need for greed or hunger of brotherhood of man. Imagine all the people sharing all the world. And you know we would. We would. Oh, we'd share. That's just how it worked in the Soviet Union. You may say I'm a dreamer. Not the only one. Hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. Now, that was written, obviously, (laughs) early 70s, like 1971, I think. So he may have changed at the end of his life. I don't know. Yeah, and if you don't join us, we'll just put a bullet to your head. No, um, that actually brings back bad memories because when we lived up in New Jersey and we worked up there, um, my daughter had a ballet class Mm -hmm. and uh, her big uh, final dance at the end of the year, the teacher had him dancing to imagine. And every practice, I would sit out in the hallway just wanting to go in and rescue her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It must have been a boring dance, too. How do you, it was very slow, how do you dance to something very, that slow? Let's, just, let's put it this way. We talk politics <laughs> on the way home. We explain the virtues of capitalism over communism and how that song sucks. Don't listen to the words. Just do the dances. And that's what you have to do as a parent. Because our kids are bombarded with this socialism stuff every day. And, you know, we wonder why we're losing them to this. We wonder why they turn on capitalism. Well, because in school, anti-capitalism is being preached nonstop. In school, climate change is being preached nonstop. And capitalism and climate change go hand in hand. It's capitalism that's causing all the climate change. So that's why it's Klaus, what was his name? The leader of, I think, the Czech Republic. Mm. Klaus something or other. Tremendous guy to talk about uh climate change and he was one of the first i ever heard back in the mid 90s to say that climate change is the new communism right green is the new red right that's where they went when the when the yep when communism quote fell they they went straight into the environmental movement they found a way that they could get after capitalism and take that apart and the easiest way to sell it was oh don't you love the earth and look how well it's worked Good grief. So well. It's it's just pulled the wool over the eyes of so many of our kids. Generations now. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to find out your your guy here. You're talking about Klaus, but I'll I'll find it. 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. And so, you know, between kids being uh, taught this stuff at school, bombarded with it on the weekends when they're watching NFL football, you know, social justice and all that kind of stuff. How are they not going to believe this stuff? They're getting it at school. They get it on the playground. They get it when they're watching television shows. They get it at the movie theater. And they get it in sporting events. What chance do they have? So when it looks like uh, the repeal of Obamacare is dead forever, they'll be happy about it. And it looks like... The Senate will not vote on the last-ditch Obamacare repeal bill. Senate Republicans don't intend to vote on the Graham-Cassidy bill, putting an end to their Obamacare repeal effort for now. So this is the third time the effort has come up and failed. But I'm not sure that's a bad thing because every effort has been so bad on their part. Every effort has not really been full-scale Obamacare repeal. Mm Mm-mm. 
No. Why would you want to put a, a full-scale repeal bill of, of of Obamacare on the desk of a Republican president? Yeah, I mean, and what? just because you, you did it 50 times with the Democrat president because you knew he was going to veto him, why would you do it now when it can be passed? These guys are despicable. And again, it's not just the Democrats, it's the Republicans, too. Can we all take a knee on that? That'll unify us all. <laughs> there you go. Right? I'm going to... We'll take a knee on that later on. The decision was reached today after it became clear the bill would fail. <clears throat> Three Senate Republicans had said they won't vote for the measure and the GOP could only afford two defections. Senate Republicans are on track now to fall short in their last-ditch appeal to, uh, to repeal, repeal Obamacare. Now they're just debating how best to fail on their seven-year campaign pledge. Ugh. With three senators formally opposed uh, to the latest, and that's McConnell, uh, our Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell in his conference will mull whether to hold a vote that would almost certainly go down on the Senate floor, and they don't want to again. It's going to be up to the leader, according to Orrin Hatch, but I'd be happy to do it. Others are less eager with crippling opposition already evident. Uh, One of them said, no, we're not going to vote on it. Why would we? I just, I, they're not going to get anything done. They just are so inept. They can't make anything happen. And it should be so easy with the Senate, the House, and the Executive Branch. How can they not? 888-933-93. It's Pat Gray, Unleashed. Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns. And thanks for joining me, Triple Eight, nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, as we swing into the home stretch here, uh, the U.S. is trying to curb Russian military flights over American territory. I kind of support that effort. Um, it, seems, it seems like a good one. <laughs> what is the Russian military doing flying over American territory? It, it's pretty amazing. It's uncanny, in fact, that all of these nations, whether it's the Soviet Union or China or North Korea, they all think that they can just take advantage of us that they can do whatever they want that they can provoke at any time and we'll just apparently take it also north korea has moved warplanes into american bomber flight paths so this this could be interesting as well this is beyond rhetoric uh, this is a little bit uh this this could cause tensions to really flare up South Korea's National Intelligence Service said that while Pyongyang didn't appear to have picked up the presence of U.S. B-1B bomber Lancer planes over the weekend, it has since bolstered its coastal defenses. Lee Chu Wu, one of my favorite guys uh, in the National Assembly's Intelligence Committee, whenever Lee Chi Wu uh, speaks, yeah. I-, I tend to pay attention. You should. He's uh, a yeah. good well, guy. listen to listen to North Korea relocated its warplanes and strengthened defenses along the East Coast. That's a powerful statement sure. from Lee Chu Wu. Sure is. What else did he say? <laughs> Do we know? 
You don't have C-SPAN I, NK? No. Okay. No. Uh-huh. Uh, but Sarah Huckabee Sanders said, we haven't declared war on them, and the suggestion is absurd. We played that for you earlier. Speaking outside his hotel room yesterday, North Korea's Ri Young-ho, another guy that See, whose performances you just don't want to miss. Yeah, I, between the two gentlemen there. You like Lee Chu Wu or, uh, or Ri Young-ho better? I'm going with the ho. Okay. Yeah, let's go with him. He said, Trump claimed our leadership would not be around much longer. He declared war on our country. That's not a deck. You'll know it when we declare war. <laughs> All the member states and the whole world should clearly remember it was the United States that first declared war on our country. Yeah, everybody knows that's not the case. He added, since the United States declared war on our country, we will have every right to take countermeasures, including the right to shoot down U.S. strategic bombers, even... When they're not yet inside airspace uh, of our country. Well, that's just not so. And that's an international violation at the UN. So nobody's going to support them on that if they do it. And we will be well within our rights to uh, retaliate strongly. He also said the question of who will be around much longer will be answered then. I, I often wonder with North Korea, do they really believe their rhetoric or do, is this just kabuki theater for them? Does this fat little douche really believe the things he says about how North Korea could destroy our nation? Or does he just like to say things because he's insane? <laughs> I really don't know. I know, right? I don't know if anybody knows. But meanwhile, we keep doing these demonstrations of power um, just hours before uh, Ri Young took the podium at the UN. U.S. bombers flew off the east coast of North Korea, furthest north of the demilitarized zone that any aircraft has flown into this century. Wow. Kind of provocative. The Pentagon said the mission was a demonstration of U.S. resolve and a clear message that the president has many Military options to defeat any threat. Okay, they're definitely sending them signals. And, and they're sending them strong signals that Barack Obama would never have done. <sighs> now, if it doesn't lead to war, uh, you know, it'll be the right decision to do that, right? But we won't, we won't know right now if this is the right thing to do. And I, I don't know if anybody knows right now what the right thing to do is. Makes it difficult. Um, by the way, Fox News is number one in all cable news for the 63rd straight quarter. Now, you might be thinking, well, I thought MSNBC was winning the ratings battle for a while. Didn't everybody talk about that? Yeah, they won weeks or they won a month, but nobody's ever won the full quarter except Fox for 63 straight quarters. Unbelievable. Dating back to the first quarter of 2002. That is impressive. Rupert Murdoch's network averaged 1.4 million total viewers, 2.2 million viewers during primetime. So they won both those categories. They also won the categories among the key news demos uh, of 25 to 54-year-olds, which everybody wants because that's supposedly who buys all the products of the advertisers. And they, they won the average viewers total as well. So like 300,000 at any given 15-minute period of time. 
Fox was also the top-rated basic cable network in both primetime and total daytime viewers for the fifth straight quarter. Overall quarterly victory comes amidst a primetime lineup change that's expected to help the network uh, even more in their ratings. Hannity moved to 9 o'clock. The 5 shifted back to its original time of 5, which kind of makes sense. I get it. And... I'm not sure. Are there? Is there anybody left who hasn't been accused of sexual harassment to to be <laughs> on the show? The Five. I think there's like the, I, a I janitor mean, that works on the third floor that hasn't been approached sexually yet. No, somebody just went to HR about him. What? <laughs> are you are you sure? Yeah, he's been suspended. Oh, hell. pending an investigation at Fox. That's no good. <laughs> okay, well we gotta. Clean sweep, uh, then. Okay. Uh, the quarter was jam-packed with new, big news stories. G20 Summit, that wasn't really that big a story, actually. And related protests, solar eclipse, which was huge. O.J. Simpson's parole hearing, which, by the way, isn't, that, isn't he about to be released? October. Be, Sometime in October, yeah. That should be really soon now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tragic events that occurred in Charlottesville, the terror attack in Barcelona, all the hurricanes. It really has been a busy news period. But the Rachel Maddow show became the first program in MSNBC history to finish as the most watched show in cable news for the whole quarter. Wow. That hasn't happened in a long time. So Rachel Maddow did win the quarter, averaging 2.7 million viewers. Why would anybody, let alone 2.7 million people, why would anybody watch Rachel Maddow? She picked up the win for the first time ever. That's that's impressive. Good for her. Now, when they, if they leave like a TV on, mm-hmm. right, like at a nursing home, mm-hmm. or, accidentally, or like at a waiting room, wander away yeah. from it. Like, do you count all the people that have crossed paths with that TV while it's been on? Apparently, they're doing that. And that's because that's the only way Rachel Maddow I, I see ever be number one. And then, uh, don't forget it uh, tonight. Bill O'Reilly is back on Fox. That should be really interesting. He's promoting his new book, Killing England. Um, O'Reilly was fired in April, and now for the first time he'll be back on the network. I, to me, that signals the fact that they, they now maybe believe that he didn't actually do this. Right. Why would you right? let him in your doors if you thought that he because, was the monster yeah. you thought he said he was? Right. He and Fox News paid five women, allegedly, $13 million in settlements. Now, Bill says, okay, we had to do that because we wanted to get on with life, didn't want this to stretch on forever, wanted to end it. But last week, Hannity had Bill on his show, and he said, do you want to, would you ever consider coming back? I think you should come back. O'Reilly's response was, I don't know. Now, you would think O'Reilly's response would be, not in a million years. Mm-hmm. No, that that or at least something like, well, you know what? That chapter has uh, has been closed. I, that that's that's in the past for me now. So between the question that Hannity asked and the fact that Han- that O'Reilly is back on Hannity's show tonight leads me to believe that maybe that's possible that he could go back to Fox News. That would really be huge. And then it means he wouldn't. He would also not be coming here to the blaze, which I think that's probably a foregone conclusion anyway. Oh, that's too bad, man. Yeah, isn't it too bad? 
Uh, I don't know that we could come up with the 15 to $25 million a year it would take Hang to on. bring O'Reilly here. I need to look under my lap. Uh, no, not, I don't have any. There's there. a couch right over there checking the seat cushions. I'm going to do that. Might have an extra little something in there. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, there's a Sharpie. Oh, okay. You uh, like Sharpies? Not sure that's going to do it, no. Yeah, there's some lint. No. Sharpies and lint. So have we had another, we've had another ship collision crisis, apparently. And an admiral commanding America's Pacific Naval Fleet says he's going to retire. Oh, okay. This is based on what's already happened. Thank goodness. Admiral Scott Swift made the shocking announcement uh, just September 25th, and we're just finding out about it. He said he'd been informed he would not rise to become commander of the United States Pacific Fleet because apparently all the disasters of our ships running into each other and running into... Uh, other transportation ships and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so instead of take that insult, he's he's uh, retiring now. Um, also, there's a big election going on in Alabama. One in which it's a it's the election for the Senate, one of the Senate seats there, and Trump has put his weight behind one candidate, Steve Bannon, and other members of the. Trump inner circle are going for the other guy. So I would expect, because Donald Trump doesn't handle that very well. He doesn't appreciate when people contradict him, and especially not people around him in his inner Wait circle. Wait a minute. What kind of history do you have to go on with these wild accusations of which you speak? Um, All of Donald Trump history. Just, Got it. Just everything he's ever done. Got it. So one of the senators, uh, one of the guys, the candidates for the Senate seat, Luther Strange, and he's being supported by Steve Bannon and others. The other one is Roy Moore, who you might remember fought really hard for the Ten Commandments displays and all of that very religious guy. Mm-hmm. Seemingly pretty conservative, mm-hmm. although we liked, what's his face better? Mo Brooks. Uh, Mo Brooks, mm-hmm. who would have been a, a better choice, and he came in third in this race. So he's not even a, uh, he's not even a candidate. But Trump... And Bannon are opposing each other. So this should be kind of interesting uh, to see what happens in this Senate race and whether people back the president's guy or the president's former people guy. We'll keep you, uh, keep you appraised of that. 888-900-3393. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. You are listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, Yesterday at a Senate hearing, uh, Orrin Hatch was chairing the Senate hearing, and he happened to get interrupted by a group of people. I'd like to welcome everyone, and I do mean everyone. Well, for God. cuts for medicaid save our liberty oh is that what no cuts for medicaid save our liberty you know, leftist groups are really trying less less hard these days on coming up with with fun chants that you can just recite in your sleep yeah it doesn't even rhyme no. No cuts for medicaid. save our liberty 
It's interesting to watch Hatch. He, it's like he doesn't even know what's going on. <laughs> I, I'm not sure he even knows where he is you, right you now. Remember the old folks home I talked about that had MSNBC on in the background? Uh-huh. I think that's where he's at. Yep. If you want a hearing... <laughs> if you want a hearing, you better shut up. <laughs> shut up. So Oren pounds the gavel and says, if you want a hearing, you better shut up. <laughs> I'm not sure they want a hearing, Oren. I'm really, I don't know. <laughs> okay, let's go. Just, just wait. Let the police take care of So he's asking the senator next to him, um, what are they saying? And he's trying to explain it to him. No cuts to Medicaid. Save our liberty. No cuts. Medicaid. Save our liberty. I think that's Chuck Grassley next to him saying, Yeah, Chuck Grassley. Yeah. Let the cops take care of this crap. Let's go. He's telling him right there. Oh, that's, that's priceless. I mean, there comes a time when, frankly, maybe you're too old for office. Is that possible? Uh-huh. Not in the United States of America anymore, apparently, because the guy is talking about running again. Ugh. Again. These are six-year terms. He's already into his 80s. He's early to mid-80s right now. He'd, he'd be 90 for sure by the end of the next Senate term. And, and still, he's trying to keep everybody out of a race of jumping in, Mitt Romney <laughs> included, uh, Mitt Romney has talked about it. Uh, Chris Stewart, the congressman from uh, Utah, has talked about it. There are some good candidates that come could come in and, and and add fresh blood to the Senate and not have been there for a thousand years and become so set in the in the power structure of Washington that you're nowhere near where you used to be on almost everything. I mean, the guy went through. The guy was best friends with Ted Kennedy. That How should did, have been a red flag. It was a red flag. I mean, that should have been a red flag 15 <laughs> years ago to, to stop the last few mistakes the electorate has made out in Utah. And it absolutely was that red flag. Oh. It's just that everybody ignored it. Uh, somebody was talking about the relationship. Was it uh, might have been one of Kennedy's kids? That was talking about the relationship between Ted Kennedy and Orrin Hatch. It's- My dad was always an optimist. I mean, yeah. having overcome so many of his own personal challenges and political challenges. I mean, this was. Yeah, well, and overcoming, uh, you know, killing Mary Jo Kopechny. Uh, he overcame <laughs> that. He had some challenges. One of them was leaving Mary Jo Kopechny to drown in the river. Uh, yeah, that's a challenge. Somehow he overcame it. So, yeah, it is. More from a guy that everyone loved. Why? Because he persevered. And what does the mm. Senate need to do? Everybody but persevere and become the place that my dad wanted always for it to be. And that's a place mm. where major conflicts were resolved. Now listen to this. For the national interest, not for either okay. party's interest, yeah. but for the national interest. Yes. What is it that current senators now should learn from your dad about how it is you can work across the aisle? Oh, this would be great. Well, I think the personal uh, etiquette of uh-huh. trying to make an effort to understand what's going on in the other person's life 
personally, um, personally, because you're working with them. Because we that's how right. he did. He forged these personal bonds. Him and Orrin Hatch. Him and Orrin you Hatch. Know, Orrin Hatch, I think, got elected probably bashing your dad. He yeah. says it. Yeah. He came yes. to Washington to counteract my dad's vote. Orrin right, Hatch which did. was a good thing. Ended up cutting every deal in the world because he knew it was going to pass if Ted Kennedy signed off on it and he was sponsor of it, then boom, everyone else would say, oh, well, geez, if Warren and Ted are for it, then bang. Right. What a revolutionary concept. Yeah, a really bad one, too, that he's, he's hailing as this great thing that helped us compromise every principle we ever had. Yeah, how many times did Orrin Hatch convince Ted Kennedy to come over to the right on any bill? Never. Come on, man. Never. You know, it was Stop always it. the other way around. Always. And, and if there was ever a statement by anybody that showed how much Orrin Hatch needs to be out of office, it's that. Yep. <laughs> hey, you know, on, on those protesters Jeez. that took over that Senate hearing yesterday, um, I don't know that... that Maybe these uh, leftist groups won't be protesting so much uh, coming up in the future. Here's hope, because uh, last night I had someone tweet to me um, that, that uh, NARAL is asking people to fax their senators and tell them to vote no, which, of course, is a moot point now since healthcare is dead. But uh, yeah, who's faxing anymore? <laughs> NARAL wants you to fax your senator. Fax them. Fax their office. Tie up that phone line. No. Oh, yeah, I'm glad they didn't say text or email or call them because people might do that. But facts, every time somebody asks me to fax something, I'm like perplexed. Right. Well, I, I don't even know how to do that anymore. Is that a thing? I'm thinking, is there a... You, you, might, as well, you might as well have asked me to send up smoke signals. <laughs> I mean, literally, <laughs> like, like when I hear that, can you fax it? I think two things. No. I go, I go, is there a gas station near me that still does that for like a dollar? Or is, does a library do that? I mean, who faxes? I guess there's FedEx Kinkos you could go to if you can uh, find one of those anymore. Right. I, when was the last time you went to one of those? It's been a while. I don't even know where they are now. It's It's been a while. A lot of people don't even know that FedEx bought Kinkos. Oh, is that right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> me included. Some, quite some time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I it's it's really frustrating. 888 Um Over the weekend, here's, here's why... Ally, oh, here's why the uh, director, Darren Oronofsky, is uh, trying to blame Republicans and conservatives for the failure of his movie. It failed so badly that it only made $3.2 million in its second weekend. Cost $30, $30 million to make, and so far, it has brought in a grand total of $13 million in two weeks, and it's just going down every week. Number one, Kingsman, The Golden Circle, almost $40 million. It, from Stephen King, is up to about $266 million since it was released three years ago. I didn't even know there was another Lego movie out. Oh, yeah. Lego Ninjago. Have you seen that? No, I've seen the previews for it, though. Yep, that's one the kids want to see. And then American Assassin, uh, which is the Vince Vaughn No, Vince book? Flynn. Vince Flynn. Yeah, mm-hmm. not Vaughn. Uh, Vince Flynn... Wrote the book American Assassin, and they finally made that into a movie. Sadly, the, his first book ever made into a movie, he's not around to see. That's it's really sad. Yeah. And number five is Mother. <laughs> number five already. Good. <laughs> then something called Home Again, Friend Requests, Stronger, The Hitman's Bodyguard, Wind River. It's what a bad year this has been for bad, movies. Bad stuff, man. Just a 
terrible stinking year for movies. And I can't even think of anything that's coming out between now and the end of the year that would pull it out. Yeah, but it's okay because reality is um, entertaining enough these days. It's a horror show every time you turn on the news. So um, no reason to go to a movie theater for that entertainment. I'm just looking. Oh, Blade Runner, which is rated R, though. I'll have to wait until I can get that on, uh, you know, something that I can edit it with. But Blade Runner looks pretty good. Were you a fan of the original? Blade Runner 2049 comes out pretty soon. I haven't sat through the whole thing because the first time I saw it, it was very young. Oh, this might be better for you. My Little Pony, the movie is coming out for you. Oh, wait, when's that coming out? Uh, Very soon. I'm there. The Florida Project. Don't know it. Una. Don't know it. The Snowman. Don't know it. Oh, wait. I saw a preview for that. That looks terrible. Continue. What, uh, what is The Snowman about? I don't know. There's a preview where it's like this: these women are kidnapped, and when when authorities find them, they're like dressed up, and they're frozen and stuff. Ugh. Sounds great. It's something wonderful. called Flatliners, which is a horror movie. Don't Chasing the Dragon. Don't know it. Last flag flying. I don't know any of these. I don't know it. Wow. I don't get out much though. I'm just. I can't speak for you, but I don't know these because I don't do anything. Oh, there's a new Thor movie coming out. Is that might, right? That might be good. I don't know. But it, oh, and and Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Oh yeah, around December. Christmas time. Yeah. So we mm-hmm. do have that one movie to look forward. Hey, there's to. a new U2 album coming out on December first. I know you're going to be all over. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it just yeah, to support are. Bono. All right, back tomorrow here on Pat Gray Unleashed. We'll see you then. Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.